0: podcast to show you who I am, uh, Conrad Cushman, the legend in the plans, uh, please listen every day to the showcase, the opinions and knowledge that anyone can tell you, showing you how it is done, proving I am number one, what a legend becomes, this is now my time to show you that I am here, uh. this podcast just to make it loud and clear, uh, by the fans, uh, for the fans, uh, not many who's here can understand. Everything Pro Wrestling, if can never be you Listen to the podcast here for the people The best show that's here, so listen in Let the knowledge begin The opinion and the lesson, yes
1: Folks, welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans And with me once again is my main man Brian Williams and we are here today to talk about Smackdown vs. Raw 2010 and the last Smackdown vs. Raw 2011. Make sure you guys join us and enjoy the intro.
0: All
1: right, B, what's going on, brother? Another week Come. down
2: I know brother. I'm doing good. how you doing man?
1: I'm hanging in there dude. hanging in there. Uh, how are things out your way man let's talk, let's talk regular for a second before we get into the video game talk.
2: Uh, you know things are things are good. I mean not too much has changed since uh, since last week except uh, well I don't know if it's new, but now you know because like I said I, the only time I go out is to the office on occasion and uh, to the grocery store. And I went to my Vons a couple days ago, and I'm glad, I mean, i have been wearing my mask anyway, but I'm glad I went, because you can't even get inside the Vons with, unless you have a mask on. Like, if you're not covered up, they're not even going to let you in that motherfucker. Yeah. So that's, yeah. like, the only change here. But, I, you know, I'm masked up. I got some bandanas looking like a crip out here some days, a blood some other days. But uh making some shirts out of old, uh, or some some, some uh, face masks out of old wrestling shirts that I got, so i'm doing man i'm maintaining just like i'm sure everybody else is out there
1: yeah man i got the same thing at work man they started making us all wear masks and i'm gonna be honest if you guys know where i work you're gonna probably keep don't say it in the chat but dude you didn't have masks last week and now you're requiring us to wear masks come yeah. on bro come on I know. <laughs> um what is going on everybody though i see pr nightmares in the house original biggie prince rockstar in there if you guys are watching this video right now do me a favor hit the like button we already have 14 people hit the like button so you guys are greatly appreciated but don't be afraid get in the live chat hit us with your best questions if you remember the game or have fond memories of the game i'll be reading them throughout this podcast so make sure you guys show some love and um rob said evening and he said thank you both with the wink face i think i know what that's for rob uh don't thank me (laughs) trust me on that um (laughs) And Prince Rockstar wrote Blood versus Crypt. Yeah, Brian's got to be careful. He's out West Coast, man. This is some uh, GTA type stuff. You got to be careful out there with your colors.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? The pandemic has kind of like stalled all that. You know what I mean? Because everybody's got to cover that face. Like, Corona is way more scary <laughs> than uh, whatever set you're claiming. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you know it's hard out here for a pimp. Trying to it get is. that money for the rent, baby. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Donnie? Good to see you in here. Uh, shout out to Original Biggie. Original Biggie sent me a lot of questions for uh, the second half of this, Brian. So be prepared. I'm, I'm trying to work some of them in, and I may have to pull them up for you. Uh, Connor, thank you no. for joining us as well. Thank you, guys. Like I said, feel free to jump in if you guys have questions. Uh, Brian, I think we've wasted enough time. These guys want to talk about the video game, it looks like. so. All
2: right, well, let's get to it then.
1: SmackDown versus Raw 2010, good sir. Man, this, this, is, this is a decade ago, bro.
2: I know, yeah. I know. Damn. Didn't feel that long ago, but yeah, I guess it was.
1: Yeah, dude, a decade. And uh, I will,
2: Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, no, man, that's just a long time, man, just thinking about it. Where I was back then, completely different.
2: Yeah, I know, same here, same here. I will say it was, Uh, out of all the games that I've revisited, like being able to revisit these two uh, was probably, up until this point in the series, was probably the most fun. That I had, uh, but I got a lot of good memories working on both of these games. Um, a lot of good memories. These, these were the best times for for will working at THQ and making these games because I had, I mean, it was a small crew. You know, we had Corey who was the uh, the creative director, the big boss. But beyond that, it was it was myself. It was Justin Leaper. Shout out to my boy Justin, dropping some some freaking heat recently about these news about WWE uh, 2K. Uh, and my boy Dan, so I was, so it's like I was working with two of my best friends uh, on 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 wrestling. You know, the three of us were like the biggest wrestling nerds on the team. So it was just uh, a very cool moment uh, in my career.
1: Yeah, that SmackDown versus Raw 2010. This game had a lot of excitement for me. Like I said, 08 was kind of eh, and then they kind of finally brought it up to speed. So I was really looking forward to this game. What's going on, Derek? I see you in the chat as well with the yo yo um yeah dude oh, just, just so different this game was uh it had a lot of promise in my eyes but there were a lot of things too that kind of stalled this from the promise that it had and like Uh-oh. i said it had a lot oh. of issues and everything else with it
2: okay well let's uh let's let's start with the issues
1: brian the tagline said it's your world now what the hell happened to all my moves in the game, bro. Whoa,
2: whoa. That, was, uh, that wasn't that was this game, was it? Yeah. Really? I thought it was 2011.
1: Mm-mm. This was the game. Strip, oh, is this the one? Strip. Butt naked.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I thought that was for uh, 11. Uh, all right. So, you know, I told you before we started this, you know, that I kind of wrote this statement. I'm not going to read this long-ass statement about why these moves were removed. Um, cause this is a pretty lengthy statement. This isn't a no press conference. Uh, the, the short of it was, you know, we started, I mean, this all right. So by the time that SmackDown vs. Raw 10 came out, we were, man, how many games, I mean, like we were, we were deep in terms of the series and up until SVR 07, a lot of the animations were all created by keyframe. They were hand-drawn. And once we started, once, you know, 2007 came out, you know, made the switch from PS2 to uh, 360 PS3, you know, we started, you know, motion capturing a lot of the motions. And so by the time that we got to SVR 10, and it was one of those things where, you know, year over year, we started with those seven away, like just motion capture became the way in terms of getting, you know, animation data into the game. You know, we stopped doing keyframe, um, but a lot of those old keyframe animations were still in the game. And, you know, we got to a point where it started to look janky and like a mishmash, like when you were playing any kind of match where you'd go from seeing an obvious uh, keyframe, you know, animation, you know, move, and then mixed in with, you know, some of the newer motion capture data. And it created this schism when you're playing the game, you know, uh, visually, like it just wasn't consistent. And... You know, as someone who's who's working on the game, like I always want the game to have its, you know, put the best foot forward, you know, in in all respects, you know, gameplay, how it looks, all of that. And so, a decision was made by me. Like I take anybody anybody was mad, it's it was me, you know, it was me. I uh, I went through, and I got rid of a lot of those old animations, uh, and a lot of them were motions that had been in the game as far back, in some cases, as like the PS One days. And uh, my only intent and goal behind that move was just to, you know, have the game from a visual standpoint look as consistent as it as it could. And I don't. I don't I don't think it was a bad move on my part. The only thing that I that I because I'm hearing the feedback from from the fans at the time. Uh, The one thing that I would say, like hindsight being what it is, and if I could go back and change anything. I probably would have, not even probably, I, I would have done, I would have been less forceful in terms of the motions that I asked to be removed. I would have, you know, uh, kind of maybe done it in, in pieces, in sections, where instead of getting rid of, you know, this many, I kind of do it incrementally, you know, from one iteration to the next. Um, but that was the mind state, you know, behind that decision. And uh, I was just thinking long term about the game, you know, and, th- and you know, and, and knowing that, you know, whatever is getting removed, it will eventually be replaced and it'll be replaced with, you know, a mo piece of animation, um, just to get the game visually on a consistent, uh, basis. So I do apologize for, for being as aggressive as I was with, uh, the, uh, the deletion of those motions. Oh, I mean, they were never deleted for one. Uh, when I actually joined Uke's, um, and I started doing a lot of, you know, not, not programming, but I was in charge of, you know, the move data and like, you know, adding them into the game, uh, assigning them and create a move set, putting them on the character, setting their damage, setting their mid reversal points. Like I was like all into that shit when I was with you. So I mean, I'm still with you. And, uh, and I realized, you know, the process that it took to remove a move, remove, you can, you can basically hide a move or you can delete it outright. And a lot of those motions that were removed were simply just hidden from uh, the player's uh, view and their ability to access them. Um, but yeah, that, that was it. And, and again, you know, if I pissed you off with that move, I apologize, but my, my heart was in the right place. Um, I was just a little too aggressive and removing so many moves in one game. And for that, I do apologize.
1: I feel like we're going to have to treat this like head of state now. Send in the stunt double. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if you know what movie I'm talking about, you're old enough to know. But uh, Robin, the chat oh. said, plausible deniability, Brian, <laughs> with laughing faces, crying. <laughs> Original Biggie put, it was me, Conrad. It was me all along. <laughs> um, PR nightmare. I don't know. If PR nightmare. uh messing with me or whatnot, do I have a little bit of the bubbly? Just H2O tonight, brother. Brother's broke, man. Buy a T-shirt. See the links in the link tree down below. But, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I got a little bit of the Miller Lite.
1: Oh, yeah. But, Brian. yeah, definitely
2: buy that. Buy, buy them T-shirts. Support, support Conrad.
1: That's what I like to hear. Thank you, B. Now, yeah. when you talk about this, here's the crazy thing. Now, Marcus was on the team back then. If you guys don't know, Marcus Stevenson probably – He's he's definitely in my top three. I think he's my favorite community manager out of anyone that we had. I thought Marcus was really always in there, like down for the people. He knew his pro wrestling, like he would talk to you about some nineteen nineties old school shit, and it was just lovely. So Marcus was always one of my favorite people back in the day to talk to, and I remember him from the Madden forums and everything else. So Marcus was a cool cat.
2: But yeah, he's one of my favorites too.
1: When you when you saw Marcus back in the day, I can't remember the guy's name who used to mod moves in the game, and. I, Marcus, it's too, you probably can't get in trouble for this shit now. But when you see this dude, I remember at one point the guy asked for, um oh, I don't remember if it was this year or another year where Jericho was out, but Jericho didn't have the lion salt. It might have been this game. And he wanted him to do the lion salt so bad. And I remember Marcus said, look, bro, you didn't get this from me. And I can't remember what form it was on. It was like so quickly deleted. And I saw it. And Marcus gave him the code for the Lion Salt. Everyone was like, yo, bro, how did you get a video with Jericho doing the Lion Salt? So I knew those moves were still in there. That's why we for were real? mad at you. Like, yo, did Brian just play us? Like, the moves are still in the game and he just deleted them? So that was probably part of the reason why you caught some heat for it because then a bunch of people saw it on like the uh, Smack Talks forums and everywhere else.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, man, I really thought that was 2011. But I nah, guess you know sense. what
1: that dude ended up getting in trouble though, because I think he got sued by another gaming company because he would mod stuff all the time. And he finally got hit with some like legal stuff. Oh damn! And I was just like, dang, it's real like that, man. So we, I think he chilled out on all that afterwards.
2: Yeah, but, it ain't worth catching the case over. That's for damn sure.
1: Yeah. Oh man, it's it's definitely not not for something that you do for fun or as a hobby, but. Yeah. Let's get into some other stuff. Brian addressed the move thing. He did it in his presidential manner. He was calm, cool about it. So I'm not going to hold it against you, good sir. So, uh, thank you. If I, tr- I have enough faith in your abilities to trust that if this was good for the long term, I'm cool with it. Now, the biggest question is what happened to the soundtrack was one of the first things I noticed in doing my homework for this. We went to all of the wrestler theme songs. And if I heard uh, Luke Gallo's theme one more time during this time period, like, it was a badass theme, but that's all I could hear in the back of my mind is Luke Gallo's and Drew McIntyre's themes playing. And Broken Dreams is badass, by the way.
2: It is badass. I was going to say I love Drew's original music. That was That's a banger. I wish he
1: still had it, to be honest.
2: Yeah, me too. Um... Yeah, you know, this is the question that uh, I got from uh, the homeboy Roman Blair, who hit me up on Twitter with a whole bunch of questions. He wanted to know about the soundtrack and like why, as the game went on, like a lot of the licensed music got fewer and fewer until it just eventually was just all uh, the uh, superstar, you know, interest music. And you know, as someone who was who wasn't all that involved in you know the the soundtrack for the games. The only thing that I can think of is why they lessened that was due to was money. You know, they figured, well, why are we paying X amount of money for these licensing these tracks? Um, and it's funny how it goes, because like 10, 11. And then I'm not sure when we go full superstar interest names, but that kind of it goes along the basically the health of TSQ as a company where towards the end. It was nothing but superstar things because, you know, we had we were cutting costs, you know, when it comes to the money that we spent on the project. Um, and that's the only that's the only thing that I can think of. And, you know, having worked there, that's probably the most plausible reason why we got away from uh, the licensed music it was just was just money. Honestly, they didn't think that it was worth the cost.
1: Oh, sorry to cut you off there for a second. Uh, honestly, though, I talked to you about it last week. The The indie soundtracks are one of my favorite things. And it seems like um, one of the reviews that I ended up watching for it, they felt the same way like I did. Like those songs introduced me to new bands that I wouldn't listen to. Like Breaking Benjamin, yeah. man, I found out probably because of wrestling video games. There, there were just so many great bands that you just happened to find out about. And I I don't know, like, once in a while, yeah, it's cool to have one of those songs in there. But like I said, dude, I remember even the 2K ones. Like, I just was listening to uh, the NBA 2K11 soundtrack the other day. Like, I was just doing, you know, a little workout, and then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, let me listen to this again. And then I was like, let me find the, uh, PL put the song out called In The Zone. If you guys ever want to hear the song that should have been an NBA 2K11, that was the last year they did it where they would give you the beat, and then you had to make the song for it. I thought it was just so good, man. So I kind of just missed the music here. Uh, we're getting some comments in the chat. Malik, uh, Narcolepsy Boy 94 Brian, you've been on his channel before with me. I was going to say, is
2: that the same Malik? The uh-huh. Malik that
1: I'm of? What up, Malik? Malik wanted you to know that uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, he loved it so that you don't think everyone hated the game.
2: Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: And he, he <laughs> asked another question here. Uh, he said, would they bring back Road to WrestleMania? I was a big fan of those. I would love for that to return. Well... I'll preface this for Brian beforehand. Brian doesn't work with WWE games anymore. They broke that yeah. relationship after 2K nineteen. Hence the reason why we got 2K20. No offense. But uh that, that's their game. Brian didn't work on that. Brian probably worked on the last good one that I can say I honestly enjoyed. So I did. Um, I did. Road to WrestleMania. I I don't know what the process is for that, Brian. I, I like Road to WrestleMania's. Justin Leaper's playing them on his channel. I would love yeah. to see him bring it back. If wishes were fishes, that's how that's how I'd have to leave it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, you know, you know, doing this series with you and um, you know, it was giving me a chance to go back and you know, replay all these old games. And I mean, Justin did a great job with those Road to WrestleManias. I mean, and again, I think I mentioned it on the last show where in comparing, you know, what he did the Road to WrestleMania to what you know that one designer did with the twenty four seven mode in SmackDown versus Raw two thousand eight. You know the difference is is in the, the, well one the uh, the creativity of the designer, uh, and then the passion that that he had. Justin's got a lot. He's a passionate he's a passionate cat, but he also knows wrestling, and he's a good and he's a good freaking writer, and also you know shout out to Justin. He he wrote he's he's written two novels which are really really dope. If you uh, Still Man Fights, is the first one, I forget the second one. But no, he's just a really good writer and. You know, playing Road to WrestleMania in 2009, 2010, and 11, I mean, you're just, like, the, like, you can tell, like, this was this was created and designed by someone who who got it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, whoever, whatever happens with the franchise moving forward, I mean, they can easily bring that mode back. I mean, because, honestly, it's just, you know, it's the name. But what makes that thing special is the, uh, the secret sauce of the designer and the love they put into it. So, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, honestly, i miss those being into the game. Um, like I, We'll hit on that once we get to the 2K series, um, yeah. once we get to all that. And I think we're going to have to address an elephant in the room that Justin brought up. But we'll save that for the very end for people. So that'll be your uh, dessert to stay around for it while we get <laughs> through the meat and potatoes of this. Um, Brian, the training facility that they had when you yeah. opened up the game. Dude, super dope. And if you're a real wrestling fan, it's based off FCW. So I 100% yes. loved it, dude.
2: Yeah, so a uh, little story behind the training facility. So we went to FCW for a promotional event uh, uh, in support of SVR09. And while we were there, first of all, it was dope. I mean, I, I've i been able to, I've, I visited FCW. Um, I've been able to visit the Performance Center a couple of years back. And just night and day. But, I mean, FCW was just this kind of dank garage Uh, very lo-fi but you know had some of the best people working there Uh, got to meet Dusty Rhodes, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard who I had met you know previously a couple years ago because he was uh, he would attend motion capture we were still using the WWE talent and uh, me and Dan were there and because because Dan and I both got to work with Dr. Tom at MoCap and being able to go to FCW and chill with him he gave us a tour you know, we went to uh, the back room with all the all the rings set up. Uh, it was I and mean, it was just a really cool time. We had our press event, and then that night, we, uh, us and like the press that were there in attendance, we got to watch uh, an FCW uh, taping. Um, just a really cool, really cool uh, experience. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, the training facility is, I mean, based off the of FCW. I mean, it's pretty much that is FCW, right? Just without the name. I think but, you guys just
1: uh, change some of the banners, maybe.
2: Uh, may yeah, probably, probably change the banners to make it more current. Um, but beyond that, like the layout and everything, like that is where they shot their uh, weekly TV show. Um, and the thing about that, you know, the training facility, is that this was not the original idea for it. You know, uh, I've always been a big proponent of having some sort of tutorial mode in the game, and every year, <laughs> again, the cost You know, when it comes down to figuring out, okay, here's what we want to do. But costs, so things have to get kind of cut and whittled away before we can start actual production. And tutorial modes are always the first thing on the chopping block. And uh, this was meant to be a much more robust um, tutorial. And it ended up being a scaled down version of what it was meant to be originally. But uh, in spite of all that, you know, I think it was a, a pretty cool feature. Um, I was uh, in charge of the, t- the training facility um, you know adding all the uh, the commands and whatever functionalities are there like that was one of the things that I was uh, in charge of from a creative standpoint
1: yeah original Biggie in the chat said he loved the training facility wish they had it now I think what you said though is that would be the first thing I would chop out too though like eventually the gamers know what you're getting out of this like you knew the buttons at this point like I felt like I, I was an expert at that point like okay I got it after two games I know what we're doing here and what we're trying to do
2: yeah, but for me, I, I, and I get that, but my, my biggest thing, you know, I I just I just wanted to because I mean our our game got was getting to a point. I mean, I mean maybe it was already at that point where it was pretty much for the year over year fans, like they almost like Madden fans or NBA Two K fans. You know, the same people are buying the game year over year, but you know, myself, I just really wanted to, you know, bring in new fans. You know, because I'm sure there's a lot of you know wrestling fans who were Be interested in playing the game But sometimes, you know, people who haven't been playing it For as long as we have It can be a little intimidating So for me, I just wanted to have Kind of this robust, fully featured mode To kind of, like, take people's hands And kind of walk them through why things are done The way they are Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that For everybody who's played the game It's like they're used to how wrestling games are played And how they function So, yeah, it was more just meant for, you know Anybody new who may have an, an inkling or an interest In maybe picking one up but uh, but yeah, it, I mean it's costly, you know. When you start to when you start to see, well, we can do the tutorial, but then we're gonna have to, you know, reduce or cancel out actual meaningful features as far as whether they're gameplay, create modes, online, whatever. And at that point, it's almost like, well, I mean, yeah, can't can't sacrifice the uh, you know, the, you know, the heart of the game for something like a tutorial. So I get it.
1: Live chat is hitting it up tonight. Let me uh, try and get through some of these. Malik says, SmackDown versus Raw 2007 is the best WWE game ever to me, in my opinion. Thank you for creating that game. You made my childhood great. So that was for you, Brian.
2: Well, that makes me feel old.
1: How old, <laughs> how old were you, Malik? <laughs> you don't want to ask that, bro. I I was on Malik's channel the other day and we did an NBA draft and it was uh, the youngest people got to go first and the oldest got to go last you know I was mad as hell when I had to go last I was like bro you set me up man (laughs) you set me up
2: Oh, that's dirty. That's wrong. Uh,
1: shout out to uh, Marlon Anthony. Marlon, you left a really nice comment. So you're getting some love right now on the podcast. You'll get to hear your name and all of this. Um, Marlon is talking about WWE 12, which will be the games that we talk about next on the podcast. So save your love for that, Marlon, especially if you got questions for it. But um, he's talking about some of the finest games of last gen. And PR Nightmare said, I had every game up until 2016 for WWE games. Yeah, man, there was a lot of fans, man. They had to tap out eventually, and we'll get to some of that. Sick, what's going on, brother? Just saw you join in here as well. This chat is popping tonight. Let's, nice, let's talk nice. about the let's talk about the roster, Brian. I've got a love-hate kind of thing with the roster a little bit for this one. Uh to me, okay. the the roster improved. We had a lot more people. Uh they, they did what they could with this. The legends, though, bro. We gotta talk about this. Yeah. DB Old man Ted DiBiase, Bob Orton, and Dusty Rhodes. Now Legacy was in the game. Legacy was the shit at the time. I'm not gonna front like we we can't sit up yeah. here and lie like Legacy wasn't the big deal. Um, they they were doing their things, but why did the legends appear in the game but not in their wrestling attires? Like I felt I felt like we should have got both.
2: Uh, so this is 2010. So this was when yeah Bob Orton was in. The Road to WrestleMania story, right? So was Dusty Rhodes and they're in their street attire. I think Dusty Rhodes in his street attire. And then yeah, Orton was too. Um, cost. I know <laughs> I know that's the dreaded word, but if um, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I don't have any, you know, concrete answers about why that was, but that's that'd be the only thing I can think of. You know, uh, what other legends were in that? By the way,
1: um, I think you guys did
2: because some... those were guys in the those were those were characters in Road to WrestleMania. Were there any other legends in that game that were outside of Road to WrestleMania?
1: Listen, bro, I think you guys should dollar for The Rock and Stone Cold this one too. You you were still you were still messing up with the legends a little bit. Like Stone Cold's um uh, his moveset had the Power Bomb. Do you remember that? People were like Stone Cold doing the Power Bomb. What is yeah. this dog <laughs> like? Yeah. That's, and you charged me a dollar for this? Like you guys were? It wasn't a lot of money, but it was just like you're charging me for Stone Cold and The Rock.
2: Yeah, I got a note here because I was going through, and so this was the second year that we did DLC, and I'm like, so Stone Cold was the only thing that we offered. I completely forgot about that.
1: I think Rock, Rock was in it too.
2: Was Rock in it too?
1: Mm-hmm. It was Stone All Cold right. and The Rock for sure.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that was weird. I don't know why we. Did our DLC that way coming off, you know, with our second year. um, you know, knowing what I know and just knowing what it's like to work THQ, I probably I could hazard a guess and say that the reason that we were so slim with the DLC was because of uh, community creations and you know, kind of relying on other people to create the characters that weren't in the game and kind of driving people towards that. That would be my guess Mm. as and I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but as shitty as that sounds, that's, that, that doesn't seem too far fetched for uh, what was going on.
1: Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. But re- we, got I'm better. I'm re- we got better. I read re- this chat, bro. So I- listen, Malik, I'm going to ask your a question, but everybody, if you got questions, keep it to the topic a little bit. Malik said, I heard a rumor that Ux was going to be creating a new WWE game separate from WWE 2K. Is there any truth to that, and can you speak on it?
2: Um we and by we, uh Ukes are uh potentially gonna be developing another uh, wrestling video game, but that's really all I can say. I can't talk about, you know, any companies or or uh, brands, but uh we are in talks to do a game. That's all I can really say.
1: Welcome to the world of NDA folks. He can't disclose yeah. at this time, so we'll have to I wait. mean
2: honestly it's it's nothing that, you know, I can't I mean it's my boss Aromi, like she wrote she, she did that interview uh, last year and that's you know basically stating that we're doing the game. I think she might have mentioned that it was WWE related but uh I'm not sure that could have been I, I taken think, out. I think I think
1: people get confused because you guys left the door kind of open like it made it sound like it was ending a, a relationship on a good note and you were willing to help but it's what Justin said like you don't, like, the dumping of the boyfriend and girlfriend thing, you don't dump your, your boyfriend and then your girlfriend goes, hey, can you ask my ex to do that thing that I like that he did all the time? Like, you can't just go back to yeah, your company like, yeah. hey, help me out, bro. Like, it doesn't work like that usually. Too much pride, ego, and money. You know how it goes. Yeah, uh, it's sick. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, that's all I can talk about on that matter.
1: I, I'm I'm with it, Brian. Sick said, yeah, I finally caught one of these. He said, I have questions, but I'm going to let it rock for now, so I'm sure something will be coming up. Sick was in XGW with me back in the day, too, so shout-out to Sick. I think this is when you took your hiatus, bro, and then uh, we didn't see each other. Um, Let's see. Malik Gordon came in and said, SmackDown versus Oh, I got a
2: little bit of good news just now. Huh? I got a little bit of good news from work.
1: Oh, okay. Good, good.
2: Speaking about this, little, not what I was hoping for, but better than. Nothing? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's good. It's good. We'll talk offline.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 06, Malik Gordon says, was his favorite game. That was one of the first ones we talked about. So if you go back to part one, Malik, you'll uh, get into some of that. Rob wrote Bull Rope match for the Mac and Dream Dusty Rhodes, if you will, Daddy. I will never do that if Cody's ever on the show. I promise, because I know Cody hates Dusty impersonations, but he's one of my <laughs> favorites to do. Randy uh, uh Bull Rope match. <laughs> Uh, Malik said in 07 he was 10. Malik, get out this chat. Come on now, wow. bro. Don't make me feel old, bro. He said young. I'm 22 years young, man. <laughs> that game was my childhood. Well, I'm
2: glad you enjoyed it, brother. I am. It was uh <laughs> Man, what was I? I was like 25, 26 when I worked on that. Ah oh, man, that's a long time that's,
1: ago. Bro, I don't even think I I think I was twenty. I don't think I could drink yet. So you're like half my age, Malik. Cut that shit out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Malik said, whatever game it is, I'll be buying it if it's anything like the old games. All right. I respect it. Let's steer this I appreciate train, that. Let's steer this train back uh, to SmackDown vs. Raw 2010, though. Yeah. Um, great feature that I thought was implemented. Superstar threads, bro. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, that was dope.
1: Because do you know how often sometimes I would just say, dude, I just want the colors from the pay-per-view, like... Ray Mysterio, one of my favorite people to create superstar threads for, because he had such badass attires, and you guys hooked it up so you could do one pant leg versus the other. Dude, I was making, like, the pink and black Mysterio. Mysterio had different colors, like, every month. I was like, okay, now we're about to do, uh, we'll say this event's in uh, Pittsburgh, and he'll wear the black and yellow for this week, and the next week will be in Charlotte, and I'm wear the Hornets colors with the green and purple. You would just think of wild, crazy shit. Him and Punk were my two favorites to do superstar threads for. Uh, any involvement yeah, Punk with that? Was mine.
2: Punk was mine too.
1: Yeah, Punk Punk was one of my favorites even like before that's who I was actually in my efed. I was CM Punk. So when he got like great, I was happy. I'm like, "Oh, I don't even have to do anything and my guy just got boosted." When he starts getting <laughs> his push uh, a year later, but yeah, this was uh this was a great feature I thought.
2: Yeah, so uh Superstar Threads was something that uh this was Corey's idea. Um you know, uh Corey sometimes gets a lot of well, maybe not now. I think hindsight being what it is, but I know at the time, Corey would get a lot of uh, kind of mean comments directed his way. But Corey, Corey was he—he he had a lot of good ideas, and he was in that position for a reason. And uh, he was the one that came up with the superstar threads, it, and it was—he came up with it as an end-around because, you know, there we would always hear about you know fans' requests of being able to edit uh, the mainline roster. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, like players are able to do back in games from the past. Like, like No Mercy allowed you to completely edit uh, the default WWE roster. Um, Raw 2 for the original Xbox. Probably the only good thing about that game was the fact that it gave you complete freedom to alter, edit all the, all the, the WWE, WWF, you know, you know wrestlers. Uh, like, it, outside of their clothing. Like, you could do their clothing, you could... You could you could make uh, uh, Booker T look you know into like a fat you know obese uh, version of himself, um, but I think that was the last that Raw Two was the last game that allowed that level of uh, customization when it came to the actual WWE wrestlers, and they wouldn't allow that. You know WWE was like, no, we don't want you guys uh, we don't we don't want players to be able to edit you know how our superstars look. Um, changing their bodies, their faces, all that. So, Corey proposed, you know, the Superstar Thread and said, Well, look, okay, we will leave the bodies alone. You know, the facial features, all the physical features we'll leave alone. But would you be cool if we just gave players the ability to to edit, you know, the colors of their attire? And WWE was cool with that. And that, you know, began Superstar Threads. So, uh, he presented the idea to Ukes. They got that thing up and running. And then uh It was my responsibility to, because I, I worked, I worked with the modelers a lot. In terms of, I was the one that, uh, and I guess it started with this with this year's game, 2010. I was the one that worked with the modelers, and I I would sit down with our, uh, I forget his title, but Bernie, he was in charge of the outsources and all the guys creating the models, and I would sit down with Bernie, and we go through the roster, and I was responsible for picking out every wrestler's attire. Like, what's their default attire going to be? Um, any kind of alternate attires were usually decided or they just were implemented based off of, you know, uh, Road to WrestleMania or whoops or, you know, anything like that. But I picked out the default attire. And then once that was set, I then had to go in and, and I determined which parts of that attire would be made customizable within superstar threads. Um, and there was a limit to what we could have customizable and depending on the wrestler sometimes the, most of the wrestlers were easy because you know although if we had a, a restriction about the number of parts that we could make uh customizable some guys had attire that was so like ornate and uh just a lot of just elements to it where it got a little tricky where you had to kind of finagle uh the functionality a bit uh, i remember ultimate warrior being one that was uh Kind of a bitch because all the he he has so many elements of it too. The tire, the tassels, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it can kind of be a pain. Some
1: some people only had like three parts that you could edit on it, and it was like, ah, well, this will just have to do. But but most of the guys that needed it though, like Punk, Mysterio, you guys hooked them up so that you could uh, mess with it a lot. HBK was another one. Original Biggie said HBK was his favorite to edit in Superstar Threads. I have to give – Kofi's another good one too, Rob. Rob brought up that he made a lot of attires for me. All right, Rob, you get your credit. You get your credit, bro. (laughs) I know the Padre ones for Rey Mysterio was dope. It was fire. But the um, HBK, like his thread, he had that black – White and red, like leather chap attire for so long, bro. I was done with it. So, when this got introduced, I was like, Thank God, and I don't have to look at it if I don't want to. Like, you could change (laughs) that stuff. Do you you know what I'm talking about when he had that same attire for like four years? We're like, Dude, change it to anything else, anything. But I remember that, yeah. Um, Malik just wrote Smackdown versus Raw 2010 is very underrated. Uh, I feel it's a WWE game that nobody talks about, and that's the one year they came out with Superstar Threads. I played that game a lot. And Sick asked, Did you help make Raw 2? I said I don't think so.
2: No, I didn't. I didn't. I was I was a tester. I tested Raw 2. Oh. When I first joined THQ, uh, you know, I was a tester, and the first game that they put me on, once I got through the training uh, program, was Raw two. So I spent about three months testing that game. And to this day, I still am not sure how the fuck that game is played. That was not a very good game. Uh, it it, like it I had said, some
1: cool features. I think if it like at that time.
2: The best part about it was just being able to customize the wrestlers. Like but yeah, that was it looked good. I remember that game looking really good, uh, especially for the time that it came out. But uh yeah, I wasn't a fan of the gameplay. Um that was developed by Anchor. Um they did the what was it? Pride for the PS2. Yes. It was that development studio. Mm.
1: Uh, Jeff Hardy was another good one. Good point, Malik, for uh, Superstar Threads. Yeah. He was another dope one. And he had the face paint this year, too. The, the face, paint. face paint.
2: Yeah, the face paint. Anybody with face paint, it was dope. I went to town on that. I'm like, because it was cool. You know, I get the, you know, I look at the attires. I'm like, okay, let me see. I'm going to make this customizable, this. And then I kind of see well, how many slots do I have left. I'm like, cool, I'm I'm, I'm good. Uh, this one, that one. Like, I, I max them all out, you know. Uh, I mean, unless it was a guy who was like a stone cold. I mean, it's you know, black trunks, but towards, like, I remember a couple of years, maybe it was 2011 and 12, for guys that were, that just had a couple of pieces of uh, attire on, whether it was they're just very basic stuff, we started doing the, uh, the, the halves. So if, they, if, they, if they're just wearing a regular pair of trunks, I'd be like, okay, well, we'll divide it up into left and right. So if you wanted to have the right half of the trunks, one color, and, you know, the other half, another, we you know, kind of, Use the slots for that as well.
1: I like that, though, because you could do different things with it, too, and it helped the creators out a lot, I felt, when they wanted to blend colors or try to change something. It, it was yeah. a good feature, bro. Like, that was 100%. So if Corey did that, kudos to Corey. Uh, I know he probably hates, like, when It's My Art used to have Corey's tweets and stuff back in the day, like, it's Corey's tweets, it's Corey's tweets. And then he would, like, show horrible pictures of Corey's face, like, Corey the Deadman, and just read uh, tweets from him all day long for uh, views. Um, let me see here. Goldust was another fun one. Goldust was rough, man, because he would turn into pink dust, brown dust. You see people going crazy <laughs> online. Um, brown. you know what? Another cool feature about this was, so you talk about the editing attires. I remember I met the Gamer online. So I used to play like, if I saw like a big YouTube name on there, I'm like, yo, I'm about to hit up his room, about to see how good he really is. And uh yeah. I remember I played him one time. We had some good back and forth matches with uh like Shawn Michaels and I had a great Muda car. Muda was like one of my favorite cars to use in all the games. And I was uh shining Wizarding Wizard and Boys, like there was no tomorrow. And this was old man Muda too with like the, the bald head and all that stuff at the time. So it was I it like was a that lot movie. of fun, man. Good stuff. And you guys always showed love to Muda Wink Face in the uh creation suite.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean that was uh that was mo I, that's probably you know Ukes. but uh we never like you know, like Muda, uh Liger, like those guys, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, that's gotta be bro, those
1: thing. those were my hearts, bro. So it didn't even matter. Like Liger and Muda are my two favorite of all time. And this is just because of WCW Day shit. Like ninety two I used to watch them like Muda versus Barry Windham all day, dog. I got it. You can leave <laughs> me on that. Um kick out meter for this one. Um, yeah. I remember this for the online purposes of my league and we used to have rules about the mashing. So bro, a lot of people would take like a sock, uh, a book probably that they weren't studying for school. I don't know what to mash the buttons cause your fingers would get raw if you were like smashing the buttons for so long for how people would kick out in this game. Um, I don't know if you guys were ever aware of that, but we used to have a rule where once you mash three times, you were supposed to hold it. So that's how we knew if people were cheating if uh because very rarely oh, okay. would you ever kick out of something like that so very Wait, what different.
2: was it like online what was it like online
1: because uh, uh people could kick out of everything
2: was it just button mashing or was it the um button mashing the okay
1: I, people all probably right, cause... hated playing me because i could kick out all day long like i wouldn't care if uh like i just like i used to make just like a fist and then you just go right across the controllers and rake it like all right boom i'm out I'm about to beat this dude now. Figure out a way to pen him, roll him up, something to get out of this okay. match. But that that was different. I think you guys improved on the uh, meter later on with it. I wanted to show you love on better camera angles this time. This time, I like the uh, the transition of how the cameras would move around. I don't know if a lot of yeah. people pay attention to this, but you would get, like, sometimes facing towards the uh, Titantron area, flip the, the other rant, way, yeah. the next way. So camera angles were much better than in 09.
2: Yeah, the camera angles are dope. But before, I, I'm going to go back to the pin meter because um, I, did, I I got I have a note here that I put down. I, I don't remember playing it online. Because like I said, I think we, we talked about it before. I was never the, I was not the online guy. But uh, we actually, I guess, you know, offline, you know, we, so we talked about Legends of WrestleMania the last episode. And uh, I actually, I took two things from legends of wrestlemania and added them into this game and one of them was the pen meter we basically took the pen meter that they used in Legends of wrestlemania and kind of created our own kind of form of it and implemented that into uh svr 10 um but i guess maybe it wasn't used online maybe it was just a straight up button mashing
1: yeah i think it was just button mashing it maybe that comes in at 11 because the pen meter changes in my notes i think i have it written down so this, this one was kind of a little abusive because I remember that was one of the things I think I put as a, a bitch or maybe Marcus had a survey that year and I put that in like change the pen meter it doesn't work. Um, got. Let me see here. What is this? Oh, I was I was, I had uh, loved the ring under wrestler, but that didn't make sense to me till I thought about it. The HUDs. You guys got rid of HUD oh. meters. So, Brian, this is future advice for whatever project you work on for video games, if you do fighting games or whatever. HUD meters, to me, suck. They clutter clutter up the game. Like, when I see the screen, I kind of want to feel immersed into it. And I know you have to have something that shows, like, okay, the finisher's there, whatever. Uh, But when you guys just had that little meter kind of around somebody's foot, I was like, oh, okay, this is really dope. Here's my problem with the 2K games of, like, uh, later years. They had those big meters, and you know how yeah. you would do, like, the uh, the finishers that people would catch you out of? It takes away all strategy when I can see when you have a finisher, and I'm looking ex- right directly at the guy's, like, meter bar, and I'm like, bro, you have a finisher. Like, I'm not jumping off the top rope so you can catch me with an RKO or whatever. I'm not stupid. So it, it takes away the strategy. But back in the old games, I can't remember if it was this one or 12 they had the meter and you couldn't see it. So when I, sometimes I would jump off the top rope and I'm like, Oh damn, I just got caught with a super kick. What was I thinking? Like that made it more fun to me, even though it's like one of those little, uh, obsolete things, something small, but I think it really mattered to me at least. I don't know. What did you think of the HUD meter?
2: No, I, I, uh, I mean, the reason that we changed it was, I mean, it was for that very same reason. And, uh, this was another Corey uh, directive. Like he felt the same way you did. He he you know, he was never a fan of uh, these kind of obtrusive HUDs all over the screen. It's, I mean, it's one thing when it's like a one-on-one match, but like when you're in like a Royal Rumble or a six-man, and you have got all these you know wrestlers on you know in a match, and you've got all their HUDs like a frame around the screen. Uh, I just remember Corey hating that. So he was he was the one that pushed to have this. Uh, you know, a very subtle uh, HUD display underneath the feed, and I think he probably, I think he got it from the NBA games, how they would have the little halo underneath the uh, the player that you were controlling, and uh, we kind of took that uh, and used that for uh, for this game. I liked it too. You know, I'm I'm like you. I, I I don't need to see a lot of HUD. I mean, if there's something that I need to know, like you can present it to me at that situation, but to just have that stuff up there static for the entire you know course of a match, like I'm. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. And when we used to have those old, you know, big HUDs, I would always go into the options and turn it off, you know, because I just want like you said, I just want to be immersed in the match itself and not have to worry about all this other information on the screen.
1: Yeah, I think think it just is a better presentation of the product. I think it's better for everyone, better for the product, better for online play. I don't want to see a cluttered screen. Sometimes, when you're playing like a a six man chamber or something online, then you see six HUDs, and I'm like, dude, oh my God, get this out of here. This Um, looks ugly. A lot of people are talking about the kickout meter in the chat. This really matters to them, it looks like. Uh, something Marlon says, something I hate to this day is the pen meter. Give me button mash in seven days a week. The pen meter, non-functional online, especially due to latency. I agree with that, Marlon. That, that is always difficult. That was one of the things our league struggled with was how to make pen meters and kicking out fair because some people couldn't button mash. I was really good at it, so I could always figure out a way to kick out. But other people weren't so good at it. Other people are better at the uh stopping it, like it's the NBA, like uh shooting. Yeah, I, I don't know what to th- call it, but like the shooting meter, exactly. Yeah, the like same. The
2: shot stick, the shot stick or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: shout out to Cam Casey Classic Seven, my brother in the chat. What's going on, Cam? He said no HUD meters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cam is a big sim guy uh, when it comes to football video games and sports games as well. Uh. He was my competition for years. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. No HUD meters in there. Yeah. Uh, Six said, I agree with the delay for the kickout meter in later online games would sometimes end a match before it even began. Uh, OB1 said, I turned off HUD meters so that everything is surprising. And Six said, I also kind of missed the L2 for strike reversals in R2. My man's sick. I definitely have that in here in a later thing, but we can jump to it now. What, yeah, what, uh, how do you feel do- about
2: before we do I, I'll just say that you know i I know that the pin meter that was introduced i mean the pin meter that was introduced in this version of the game two thousand ten is pretty much the one that has been in the game up to two k twenty and I, I I love the pin meter uh i do i I like the the blind button mashing for me i I just was never a big fan of because i i want to see what my progress is like how well is this button mashing doing towards me being able to kick out so i like the meter we're holding the button and trying to stop it within that target zone no matter how big or small it was because even when even when it when it was tiny and it was hard as fuck i still felt that i still had a chance as slight as it was and being able to kick out in those moments to me were just like fuck like yeah fuck yeah i'm still in this like, I, I just love that. And for me, I just never got that from the blind button mashing. But, you know, different tastes. I just want just, just no, no, to throw no, it no. out. No,
1: no, no. I agree with you. I prefer the other way for a – how do I want to put this, Brian? Brian? I prefer a more difficult game for myself when it comes to wrestling because I played it for so long and I feel like an expert. Yeah. I feel like these games aren't hard anymore, even when they're on Legend at these points now. Like, certain games, it was like, okay, it's a little tougher. But after you get it once or twice, you're like, all right, I got this, bro. This is nothing. No, I agree. I agree. So with the kickout meter, though, I felt so many people were so good at it eventually, even in the little one. Brian, I'm telling you, our league matches from when we had a league, bro, I know people are probably tired of hearing about this, but, dude, I can show you cats who were kicking out of the little bar every single time. Like, they were that good at the game, bro. Like, they were like, oh, it's just like the NBA 2K meter. Look, bro, stop, stop. Like, they would rarely miss it. Like, you would have to just pen them over and over to annoy them so that they would just let you win. It's like, bro, come on. Seriously, man?
2: I mean, hey, they, they got good at it. That's
1: skill. That's skillful. Nah, bro. Listen, when you get hit with, like, 20 finishers, it should be done. So, put that Well, in, yeah, that's no, true. I mean,
2: 20, yeah. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, note
1: to self, bro. Like I'm saying, you can go back and watch. I probably lost some of those matches where I'm like, oh, come <laughs> on, dude. You're not kicking out of all this. There's no way. No <laughs> way. Um, Yeah, so... Oh, okay. Just reading that. Uh so Sick went back to the uh the L two for strike reversals R2 yes. for this. He brought up this point too. He said you really had to strategize to get a feel for what style of play your opponent was going to do to win the match. And I think that all falls under the HUD meters, the reversals in the game. This is kind of like the 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 centerpiece for like all of this, for how you make a good wrestling game, the strategy behind it and everything else. What did what did you think of the reversals going to one button?
2: Uh well I'm the reason that they went to one button. So, goddamn, um, oh, I'm, I'm to I'm to blame, I guess, for this. Um, so,
1: wait, can we we a talk question to... before you get into it, because I always had a theory on why you guys went to one button. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, was it to add for more maneuvers or whatever, like to add more functionality, like to free up a button, because you were basically having two buttons that do the exact same thing being used and you're like well we could use this for moves or we could use this for uh like you know the uh user control moves where you put someone on your shoulders or flip them to a power bomb
2: um i guess you know that was a good side effect of it but that wasn't the that wasn't why you know i uh, i made the change i did it for you know simplicity to try to make the game a little easier uh again going back to tutorials and trying to get new users involved like it was it was done to make the game a little bit more inviting to people who may maybe not have been you know playing the game up until this point, point. Um, and that was yeah that was it you know uh, I know it's a divisive thing and even myself um, I stand by the decision I do I mean people can be mad at me for that uh, if they want but you know it is it is a thing where. While I'm glad that we made, that we went that route, I'm at a point, it's almost like you come full circle, because of, you know, because prior to prior to this change, not only was our game, but like Day of Reckoning, No Mercy, any kind of wrestling game of note had the two button reversal, with strikes or attacks and grapples. Um, and then we switched to the one. And like I said, I, I liked the change at the time. But now, you know, playing these older games, it's like, man, you know, I kind of wish I kind of want to I want that back. You know what I mean? Um, Because like you said, I mean, you know, you kind of get to a point where you kind of once you get good at just reversing period. I mean, it kind of it makes the game a little bit too much too easy, you know. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I and whatever thing that I'm that I work on in the future. uh, That is something that I have in the forefront of my mind about potentially bringing back the uh, two button reversal not saying it's gonna happen but it's something that i definitely uh have been thinking about but but yeah i i was the one that that made the change from the two button to the one and uh and to kind of go on to that like this was the first game that i worked on where i really put for better or worse (laughs) we'll we'll find out uh my stamp on things as far as gameplay is concerned and it uh transitions into 11 as well so uh, i'll just say that and have you take the floor again
1: no we're we're gonna we're gonna uh power through some of these but like i said you didn't create all the monsters either with like the reversal buttons listen bro i remember later games it would just be i got the controller in my hand you would just hear i'm like bro you don't even know what i'm about to do this move and it would create people stalling, like, waiting to do the move. You're like, all right, he's pressing it every, like, two seconds. You can hear it in the background. Catch yeah. It now. Yeah. It just got to the point to where it got like really bad and repetitive. Sick. Uh, I'm jumping all around because people were commenting while you were uh, discussing. That he put after the third or fifth kickout after a finisher with all great body and health. Come on, man! And he put shout out to my former tag partner in XGW, Killer Kev. He was the kickout king of XGW. That's exactly <laughs> who I was talking about. Sick. When I was talking about people kicking out with that, the he plays for the uh, NBA. You know, he plays. He plays for the NBA 2K League now. He's on Lakers Gaming. So. I'm happy for him. He's my former 2K oh, teammate. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Licks. Yeah, yeah. I know that's your squad, so. Hell yeah. Uh, Cam, KC Classic is in here. He said, the problem wasn't the kickout meter online. It was the fact that the meter's in the same spot every time at the same speed after every finisher. So oh, yeah. The meter like would never change speeds based on your health, and then um, it would always be in that like same spot, so you knew right where you had to hit the money spot. No pun intended, yeah, that- Val Venis uh but yeah
2: yeah that, that's that sound that's that sounds like a definite bug because that's that definitely wasn't the case when you're playing offline i know that the uh the speed of the meter definitely uh is dependent upon the health of the person being pinned
1: yeah yeah i think they did it online to make up for the latency yeah uh, he said could the controller schemes be an option in future games both offline and online hmm.
2: what's that I think Uh, Six
1: asking, could you ever change the controller schemes for video games offline and online?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do that. That's possible.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, What's going on, Entertain45? What's good, man? Glad you could join us. Um, Brian, we're just going to kind of run through some of these other things real quick and give your quick thoughts on it. I put body damage, chest turns red in this game. I thought that was a really nice thing that I don't know why I just stuck around for a year.
2: Dude. No, that's always been in the game.
1: No, no, but dude, this was the year where like their chest turned purple, bro, like Rainbow oh, oh, style. Oh.
2: oh, you're talking about Oh, you mean the Okay, I thought you were talking about the limb damage meter. You're talking about the actual wrestler's chest. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, the damage. I don't even
1: think this one had the damage meter. I think you watched like how your opponent's body looked and you were like, "All right, he looks worn down. <laughs> like I can him with the finisher now."
2: It was there, but I think it would only come up if you had, like, the durability ability where you could, like, you know, heal a certain part of your body. Yep. Like, once you did that, you would see the limb damage meter, and you could see, like, the uh, the healing taking place. Um, yeah, it was always there. But like you said, going back to the kind of uh, minimal HUD, we did our best to try to just present, you know, HUD elements when the player needed to see them.
1: Yes. Um... What else do I have here? Royal Rumble, revamped and better presentation. The Royal Rumble became super stale at this point. And you guys revamped it. I thought it was really nice timing and touch when we were still getting different Royal Rumble entrances and stuff. I like that you faced the camera towards the entrance when we got to see entrances for once. Like you saw people, some people would just run down to the ring. Other people would stop for a second and be like, yeah, check me out real quick. Um, I thought it was really good. And I love the little cutscenes that you guys added in the uh, final three, and everybody's looking around at each other like, all right, it, it, you knew it got real, man. Sometimes it would set people up to be in a better position, though, too. I remember that. I'm like, oh, come on, bro. He's about to get eliminated. It does a little cut scene to where the three of you yeah. are in the middle now, and I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Come on. Come on. So that, yeah. those were always fun, and then the final two had the cut scene, too, where they look at the sign. Oh, everybody's got to point at the damn sign. and uh, Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really good.
2: Oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, this was something that I, again, I, and I, I don't want it to, <laughs> it kind of seems like I'm, I'm taking, like, I, I take credit for the things that I've, that I've worked on and that I've done. And I also will readily admit the things that I did that people didn't like. And again, it's, it's not so much me saying, Oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. I mean, it was three of us working on this game, Dan, Justin, and myself. So, you know, it was a small crew but the Royal Rumble match was something that because again I was the gameplay guy so the Rumble, R- Royal Rumble match uh, was something that I was uh, in charge of. Ekes um, put together the, the initial design and uh, and just as, just you know to, to let everybody know how the designs worked when it came to THQ and Ekes you know before uh, anything was implemented you know once the feature set was determined, you know, Corey would get a meeting together. Uh, you know, Corey and myself, Justin. Well, Justin was usually in his own separate meeting because he's like story mode. Uh, Dan, and we talked to, you know, ba- our counterparts at Uke's, uh teleconference meeting. And we kind of, and we basically just decide, okay, well, who's in charge of designing which feature? And so, you know, because again, there was only like, we were sh- pretty much short staffed. A lot of times, you know, we say, hey, I'll do this. You know, uh, I'll design gameplay, I'll design the championship scramble, I'll do this, and then you're just like, okay, well, we'll design this, that, and the other. And the way that it works is that once the designs are written, they're then shared with each other. So in the case of the Royal Rumble match, they uh, wanted to take the first crack at designing this match. They designed it, they sent it to me, I review it, I give my feedback, and it goes back and forth for about, you know anywhere from a week to two weeks until the design is formulated and it works the same way when we design something we send it to them they give us their feedback back and forth back and forth and then it's like okay boom we're we're in agreement let's mocap let's start you know implementing these things so the so the royal rumble match was something that yukes had uh they wanted to design it so they put their design together they sent it to me uh, I went through it. I, it was like one of the, the best parts of my job. I love reviewing designs. Um, I gave my feedback. Um, the The mini games, like I I was a big proponent of having different mini games based off of the situation that you're trying to eliminate somebody, because I really wanted to kind of really you know break free of just a standard button mashing to get rid of someone. So I was like, so once we once we agreed that it was the corner. The rope, uh, the bottom rope, where the guy's on the apron, you kind of like shove him out. You know, uh, I kind of pushed them to kind of say, Hey, is there any way we can just have different mechanics for each one of these situations? And like, oh, yeah, we can do that. So they provided, you know, uh, some examples. and like, okay, cool. This is dope. let wrong with this. Um, the ability to eliminate multiple people would be able to, like a finisher was something that I suggested. Um, the cutscenes that you mentioned, like when there's the final three and the final two, were things that I had presented to them as ways to kind of beef up the presentation um so that's kind of how the whole match came about and it was fun to work on this uh the entrances like having the you know seeing of you know the, the rest of the new guys coming into the match and showing a bit of their entrance as they before they come into the ring was something that you know we both yukes and T H Q were really uh, uh keen on doing um and i thought yeah i mean i thought that you know, especially considering how the Royal Rumble match was prior to this revamp, I, I'm proud of it. You know, uh, and this is where we kind of picked up, you know, off of a uh, SmackDown versus Raw 09, where we took the tag team match, a match that had been woefully ignored for years, and we kind of gave that the revamp treatment. And when we came into 2010, um, you know, we again we were like, well, what match that we have in the game that hasn't basically been given the love throughout the course of this franchise history. And the Rumble, being the fact that it's one of the WWE's Big Four, was an easy match to nominate for that revamp. And uh, that's kind of how this match came about.
1: Yeah, um, I got Road to WrestleMania down. I'm just going to use this as a chance to go check out Justin Leeper. He's playing through all of these right now. So if you guys want to check out his channel, give him a subscribe. I'm telling you, the dude worked on him, so he's giving you all the commentary, the little things that were going on in the background for them. And he gives you some cool tidbits on where he came up with some of the ideas. Check out those Road to WrestleManias. We had Edge, uh, HBK. You had a Brand Warfare one with Cena and Triple H. Mickie James was on one of these. Uh, They had a a, a Women's Royal Rumble before it was even cool. Remember that? Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. Legacy, and they had one for uh, Cause as well. In this one, uh, I'm just going to kind of jump around, Brian. I don't know if you want to give some quick one word answers so we can move on to 2011, because I know we're going to be talking about that one, too, for a minute. Uh, okay. The 3D in the creation suite, the 3D um, things onto we, we finally had like the creation points because everything went to 3D. Right. Uh, right. I thought that was something that was really cool. I, I, I'm pretty sure you were part of that. I think I remember reading some stuff from you saying that was your idea to to upgrade oh. some of the stuff that was in there.
2: Uh yeah, I was I was this was yeah, created the creative superstar kind of uh, overhaul was it fell within my responsibilities. Um again, working with Yukes um with this. But yeah, the decision was made to get away from the painted 2D uh, parts and to try to have as many three D parts as possible. Uh, with the goal being that we wanted, you know, whatever you created in, create a superstar um, to look I mean, we didn't achieve it, but the goal was to try to have whatever you create look on par with the default roster. Um, I think we eventually got there. It took us years, <laughs> but but that was the uh, that was the mind the mindset. Um, so I worked with Yukes on this feature, uh, picking out the parts to implement. Uh, the face templates were all based off of wrestlers that I was a fan of. Face um, two example, for example, was uh, that's Brian Danielson's face. Uh, now daniel Bryan, because i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna use brian danielson fan anybody who's been following me for years knows that um the screen pose option a small thing but it's it remained in the game to this day being able to select a a pose for your cas uh for the versus screen was something that i i proposed um and uh yeah it was yeah i think uh for that first kind of go at it of uh, adding all these new 3d parts was something that i think uh it definitely it was a step up, you know. I'm not going to say we hit a home run, but you know, uh, maybe you know. I'm not I'm not the biggest baseball fan. What's uh, Woody?
1: Hey, uh, you can you can use whatever sports metaphor you want. Yeah, yeah. Touchdown. I thought, you know,
2: I thought it was a very respectable effort.
1: Um, but yeah. No, I thought you guys did good with it. Uh, the paint tool. I thought paint tool was great it's for cool. creators like Dre Forty One. He was on Xbox at the time, but uh. I, yeah, I, shout I, out
2: to Dre Forty One.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's my boy, man. Dre Forty. I watch yeah. a lot of his content. Um, he yeah, does. Here. He does great car creations. I remember he used to. Do, he used to be like the Attitude Era guy. Like, if you wanted anybody from the Attitude Era, dude had yeah. it on lock. Like the files were there. Like, I got you. You want Al Snow? You want Draws? You want Draws and LOD? I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, I
2: download a lot of his creative superstars.
1: <laughs> Casey, classic, roll RBI. All right, we got the sports for analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. RBI. RBI. Um, sick ass whose idea was it to implement weight detection in the games one of the best ideas in my opinion nobody wants to see hornswoggle body slam big show <laughs> uh
2: that was probably i think that came from yukes that was that was probably a yukes idea
1: yeah just to create realism in the matches realism, Yeah. Uh, shout out to obi-wan he put justin Leaper's channel in there so i appreciate you being a mod obi-wan so that you could bust in the links like that thank you good sir um let me see what else we had in here we had diving finishers and create a finisher Yep, yep. That was good stuff. I mean, you guys know what you could do with that, basically. It was still the same formula, but I thought it was nice to add diving finishers in so you could create somebody like Wink Face Ricochet from PWG, make some of his yeah. sweet moves. I was a PWG guy a little bit back then, so. Uh,
2: yeah. PWG is my shit, man. I used to go, I was, I probably, I've probably gone to like 30 or 40 PWG events.
1: Life goals, man. Are they still doing them in those like little places? Like, they're just such a niche. Like...
2: No, no, they changed venues. Uh, the reason I was able to go so often was like, uh, so the venue in Reseda uh, was literally, I don't know, 10 minute drive from where I lived at the time. Um, so every anytime they had a show, I just drive down there and, you know, check one out. But now they're, uh, they closed down the Reseda uh, venue. And now they're doing shows in downtown LA. And I have not been to one of those because I fucking hate driving
1: down downtown. LA. Listen, bro. I listened to uh, Ryan Sat and talk about LA traffic one time on one of his podcasts. and I was just dying laughing. He's like, "Bro, if it's ten minutes for you, it's like forty five minutes in LA." Like, I was yeah, like, "He ain't e- lying, bro." I don't. I don't think I can do it, man. I was like, "I hope transportation's good out there," but I never hear anything about like LA transportation. Like, is it nice?
2: Uh, no. But uh, <laughs> 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 there. If you want to go to downtown, there you can take the uh, our subway. Uh, the subway won't take you many places in in SoCal, but it'll it'll take you to the heart of uh, downtown LA. So there's that.
1: All right, Brian. Let me let me get to these last three things that I want to bring up real quick here. Community creations. I thought yeah. that was a really dope uh, feature set that we had in here. So cool to just be able to download like a Muda. I can't create Muda unless somebody gives me the exact formula and how to do it. So it was nice to just download a guide. I'm like, ah, sweet. I got some attires. We're good to go. Entrance is set. Cool. Um, I really like what you guys did with that. Create a story.
2: That was story. Corey. That was
1: Corey. Create a story, bro. Whose idea was that? Because that person was a genius. Like I people-
2: don't know. I don't know whose. Uh, well, I'll give it. I'll give him credit because I don't. I don't know if he came up with the idea, but he was definitely the designer for it. This was. Uh, I forgot about John. This was John. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say is his last name John D, but he was a uh, a designer on the team as well. I said there was three of us. I totally forgot about John, but uh, he had just joined the team uh, for the development of this game, and he was put in charge of story designer. And I, I mean, I mean, yeah, he did a killer job. You know, um, I'm not sure if he wrote the design or if it was a situation where Yukes put the design together, and then you know he, you know, uh, gave feedback. But whatever happened, like he was the one on our side that was in charge of story designer. So uh, that was John's, uh, that was his his area of the game.
1: I think it just added a lot of uh, life to the game afterwards. Like, you would play through all the road to WrestleManias, dude. And I just remember people would have, like, ridiculous storylines, like Jim Ross and the Bella Twins, like Jim Ross on the couch, like, you girls need to do some dirty dancing now. Get out <laughs> to the ring, you guys got a match. Like, if JR was the general manager or whatever. The people came up with some really cool ones. I used to always try and make it, I, there were so many WWE versus TNA back then. Latter, i know Oh, no. abyss has shown up here in wwe and then it'll be in the impact zone look out it's Kane. <laughs> just they were people would get wild with it man
2: yeah uh, man i definitely I, I downloaded my fair share uh for this game and yeah you're right there were de- there were a lot of like invasion tna invasion stories and all that kind of stuff good shit yeah it was such good shit
1: my <laughs> Marlon uh, just wrote, Community Creations was revolutionary. Some of us older fans with jobs and families may not be playing these games anymore, uh, if not for the lifesaver of Community Creations. That is a big fact, Marlon. That It just, all these things extended the life of the game, and really this game is more so what you create out of it, like what you want out of it, and that's one of the beauties of wrestling games, I think. I think that was the beauty of the THQ Ukes era. They created, like, dude, make this what you want it to be.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, that was, yeah, that was it.
1: My last question, Brian, on this game. SVR Online. What happened? Why did it never happen? Was this the money woes began here, or is this just the functionality never worked? Because if you guys search, shout out to Andy Badwool, uh, the guy who I was talking about last week who did all the uh, – the Shawn Michaels Undertaker recreation videos using, I think, SVR 10, 09, and 11. He did all these videos for us. So if you guys get a chance, check out Andy Badwool's channel and look these up. He has the trailer for SVR Online still on his thing. Like, he uploaded it. He runs SmackDown Hotel, too. So what happened? Yeah, shout out this? to him.
2: Shout out to him. Shout out to him. He's he's, he's good. He's good people.
1: He, he commented on the last video, like, dude, you guys talked about one of my videos. And I thought it was the coolest yeah. thing that he messaged me. I was like, oh, that was dope, bro so uh much love to him but online looked great bro like it looked like you guys were gonna have a setup similar to how like the park is in nba like there was a guy he, you walk up and talk to him a little bit and then it was like oh okay let's do a match yeah it's
2: funny i mean i i had forgotten and you know until you sent me that that trailer because i'd never even seen that trailer mm-hmm. um i had totally forgotten about that project i think that um, came this... out
0: at
1: e3 with the game
2: yeah Yeah, I think I I think
1: they said it would be released later after the game came out. But
2: yeah, there there were a bunch of projects that were in some form of development, whether usually pre-production, because not a lot of them went to actual, uh, you know, uh, production. And I guess that was one of them. And the only thing that I can remember is that I remember they wanted to do, and I say they meaning the, uh, the the upper brass, they wanted to do a WWE game that was. Basically, like, yeah, just an online PC version similar to the console. But but from what I remember, because like looking at that trailer it didn't seem that way, but from what I remember, that they wanted it for Korea, for South Korea, because of how much they do the, uh, you know, those online, what is it, uh, MM, MMOs or whatever. Like, they wanted to try to get some of the MMO money and, and have it released overseas in Korea. Um, I believe that's what this was. Because that's the only thing I can think of, because, uh, yeah, I mean, I got, I mean, these these side these products that will pop up, like, you know, us designers, would hear about them. Sometimes we would see them, but we were so focused on what we were doing. And, and honestly, most of the time, we just kind of figured that none of these things were going to see the light of day anyway. So why spend that much time on it? And I guess this was one of them. I mean, there were, I mean, when I was at THQ, I mean, there were five or six games that uh, new additions to the not not to are the mainline franchise, but WWE games that were in some you know form of development by all these various studios. Uh, whether there was one, I remember seeing artwork for one where it was uh, they took the wrestlers like the Undertaker, John Cena, and they it was almost like yeah it was almost like an All Stars type game, but the fighting didn't take place in a ring. It was uh, what's that what's that Nintendo game that everybody loves? with the um, shit. The fighting game that Nintendo does, where, oh man,
1: what brawlers, smashers,
2: Smash Brothers, yeah, Smash. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Smash Brothers, yeah. There was one studio that was trying. I think it was the. I think it was the studio that ended up developing the Blob for THQ. Like they were putting together a Smash Brothers type game featuring the WWE superstars and like having them like Undertaker would have these mystical powers and all this kind of stuff. And it was very. Uh, stylized and kind of cartoony, uh, the way that the character was going to look. Um, so yeah, I mean, this this online game was just one of those things that was bandied about and then just kind of just fell to the wayside.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of projects like that. I'm sure we'll get into the you draw disaster that eventually happens with everything. Um, mm-hmm. And you just bring it up whenever you remember it, like really sinking into your head, Brian, about any of that. If it did come to your attention at any point. But um, real quick, before we transition into SVR 11, you know what time it is, folks. It's time to talk about clipping things out. Let's talk about Manscaped real quick. Manscaped, guys, can save your dating life. If you guys need a tool for your family jewels, Manscaped's the way to go. You guys can uh, check it out. One of my favorite features on it, that little light, man. You can hear the buzzing right now for people on the audio podcast form of this. This little light, man, let's just say you're shaving in the dark, we'll just say. This little light can help you out. Um, These things are powerful. They hold a great charge. And the Lawnmower 3.0 is designed for uh, men's grooming, but females can use it too. Give it as a gift. You can probably give one of these bad boys to a significant other maybe pops needs it you never know maybe mama needs it Maybe mama's got a mustache I don't know but you have to figure out a way to get this to someone and you guys can get a great bundle by using the code EPW show and save yourselves 20 percent off of manscapes products they even have things like the uh, the ball deodorant you know if you if you put if you sweat under your arms you know your balls are sweaty bros so make sure you guys put some ball deodorant on as well they've got some great things that they offer on the site though uh, so make sure you guys check it out. They have traveling bags. Uh, you can get boxers, t-shirts. Check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code Show. It's all in the description below. Also, powerslam.tv. I got to show some love to my brothers powerslam.tv. They're offering free indie wrestling. You get your first month for free on me. You can see some of the people who you will see later on in WWE, AEW, New Japan, All performing on powerslam.tv. So use the code EPWSHOW. You guys can watch some free indie wrestling. And shout out to my good friends at Everything College Basketball. These guys have been working real hard still. Uh, I know that the college basketball season is out. But Josh Burton does an excellent job bringing you all the latest in college basketball. There's still people being signed. People deciding what schools they're going to. So make sure you guys check out Everything College Basketball. Woo! B.
2: good job brother good job
1: you know how it goes
2: hey hey i I know you want to go to to 11 but there were some things that i wanted to touch on just real quick with 10 that i feel uh just don't get you know talked about that much when it comes to this game just real quick i gotta get my shit in before i get thrashed on uh 11 okay all right right. so in terms of gameplay like in 2010 you know we brought back uh the four strong grapples because we got you know a lot of feedback about uh You know, fans just wanted to get more of those moves, slots back into the game. So those made a return. Um, Strong strikes became a part of the base move set. In 2009, they were an ability. But with this one, I I made the decision to just incorporate them within everybody's move set. Uh, Pullback attacks were implemented in this year's game. Um, I stole this from Day of Reckoning. (laughs) Uh, The kick reversal position was implemented in this in this year's game as well, um, where, you, where somebody you know does a gut kick, you can catch the leg and then do a strike or a grapple. Um, I stole, well, not stole. I was inspired by TNA's video game. The one thing that I loved about their game was that they had a dedicated button for initiating a submission. And I took that, and incorporated that into our game. Instead of having submissions just be a part of the regular grapple moveset, I uh, we I made the decision to basically take them out and slot them to the R3 button. So that whenever you wanted to do a submission, uh, you can basically choose when you want to try to tap somebody out by clicking R3 in any given situation. Um, the ground grapples, I divided the ground grapples into individual supine and prone positions, face up, face down. Ah, uh, giving players different moves for each one of those positions. I also asked Yuke's to to include the side position and uh, the apron. This was the game, and I, I I don't I mean it's it's like such a common sense thing to do, but it hadn't been done until I asked Yuke's to do it. But the apron became an attack position in this year's game, because prior to this, you couldn't go onto the apron and walk along the apron, do springboards from the apron. You couldn't do any of that stuff. Grapples from the apron. All of that was added in this year's game. And that's one thing that I think, you know, kind of gets like I said, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's one of those things that just become a part of what the game is to this day. I mean, we wouldn't be able to have springboard finishers were it not for being able to, you know, do attacks on the apron.
1: Oh, timeout. Hell no, that shit mattered, bro. I forgot all about that. See, I gotta be a little more appreciative because you had all that stuff in like the N64 games. But, like, you missed that shit a little bit. Like, that was yeah. a lot of the things we would bring up. Like, hey, can we get springboard attacks? How come I can't control Rey Mysterio after the 619 if I want him to do a frog splash or just the, the you know, he would do the fall splash or you wanted him to maybe do the uh, hurricanrana into the pen? You, you right. Had, you had lots of options for that that stuff. That stuff matters, bro. So, to me, that was really dope stuff that you added. I think Sick had a question, too, that we'll, we'll just slot in here. Uh, Six okay. said, I was always curious as to what you guys based the overall ratings for uh, superstars on. I remember one year the Miz was pissed that half the other female wrestlers in the game were higher than him. Yeah, that, I think that was 09 when Miz was still rocking the uh, shorts with the chick. Oh, God, the chick. The chick magnet. Yes, dude. Ah, yeah. so bad, but so good.
2: Yeah. Uh, I wasn't doing the overalls at this point. That was what, The overalls were being decided by Uke's. And probably with Corey's input, um, I got involved with overalls. I want to say maybe around WWE, maybe 12 or 13, um, and then 14, and then on the rest uh, since then. But at this point in the game, I yeah, overalls. I wasn't really uh, involved in any of that stuff.
1: Do do they matter, Brian, in the sense of playing these old games? Not really. <laughs> I I I never felt that way either. I was just kind of like, ah, yeah. you got Someone who's at eighty-two, you should be all right for the most part. I mean, sometimes you go up against someone who's souped up like Orton, you're like, bro, I don't I don't know if I have a chance if this person's semi-skilled. <laughs> he should be but... honestly.
2: Honestly, the only attributes at, at this point in time, and even honestly with the two K stuff, the only attributes that really matter are you know your momentum. Um, you know because it generates how quickly you can get your finisher. You know, any kind of strength attribute uh, determines you know how powerful your strikes and grapples are, and you know anything that's defensive related. Mm-hmm. Barring that, I mean, and if you're really good at the game, that shit really don't matter. You know, like I can because I'm really good. I mean, I don't have to toot my own horn, but I'm good at these games. I mean, I could I could beat, I could take a, who 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 was a Santino, and uh, beat Undertaker no problem Cobra. at all. You know, <laughs> yo.
0: Um... <laughs>
1: What was it? so? I guess I guess if oh, the stats it, didn't matter, you guys would never think of this. But would you guys ever have thought of like updating people online? Like, let's just say you know you get that year where Kofi Kingston recently had a big push. Kofi's usually oh, yeah. in the 82, 84 range. I think by that by the end of last year, Kofi should have been a ninety. Yeah. So uh,
2: that yeah, I, mean, I know that at THQ we definitely discussed that, especially once we uh, got um. Online as far as DLC is concerned and uh, you know patches and all that kind of stuff um, I know I mentioned it to Corey. I'm sure you know Other designers had mentioned it. It's just one of those things that just never Bore fruit, you know, it's cause everybody was like well, who's gonna do it? You know uh, One of the designers here yukes and well, how much is it gonna cost to kind of update it? So it was one of those things that I always thought was just a gimme where you know It's like hey, what would it be nice just you know frequently maybe every four or five months you know just kind of see what you know is happening on programming and you know send out a an update to you know uh, you know adjust the attributes accordingly but uh yeah it never got the green light i mean i had to wait i don't know how many games before you know the dlc moose stuff got in there so sometimes you get something that you want and a lot of times you don't
1: yeah and uh there, there was something i was gonna say to online to what you had brought up before um what were you just talking about right before this brian uh, jog my memory we were talking about uh santino beating somebody beating like oh yeah yeah uh, yeah about the
2: about some of the stats having be carrying more weight than the others as far as uh you oh, know power stats momentum and defensive stats
1: it hit my brain online when people edit their stats always figure out a way to show it for people too another uh league problem we used to have when people would cheat we're like oh come show me show me your stats bro Oh, I already backed yeah. out. I'm like, nah, bro, you cheated. I know you did. There ain't no way Cody Rhodes momentum was going that fast. <laughs> so th- that's just We how addressed
2: it was. that, didn't we? Uh in one of these games coming up where we added that uh that option where you had to play with base. But I guess if you're yeah, yeah, where you basically can't, you know, you when you're playing online, there was an option where you can choose to play with, you know, customized wrestlers or uh, just the default Super, you know, on the Ross without any kind of modifications to their stats.
1: Sick, leave bro. Sick, bro, he was uh, owning people in uh, our league with Kalisto in 2016, so he's like, those stats don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll, we'll move into uh, 2011, and you know what, that was a perfect point that we were talking about with the attributes, fan access. You guys gave us the uh, ability to change people's attributes if we wanted to, so... I think that was your, like, fix for that. Like, hey, how come you guys didn't add that in? Boom, you get it here with Fan Access. These games were a lot of, like, let's fix what we did last year. So a lot of the stuff that we were just talking about is going to probably kind of come back in and uh, register with a lot of people and resonate with them. Roster selection screen. You guys went to the Mortal Kombat style selection screen. Uh, What, what was the purpose of that? Just a different look and feel? Let's just switch it up?
2: Yeah. You know, we always try to... You know uh you know whether it comes across that way or not but we, yeah we're always trying to you know differentiate you know one game from the next and uh yeah this is just you know one area where we thought you know what can we do to kind of uh, make it a little bit more lively um have those animated uh uh those those motions on the superstar select screen i thought they looked pretty good too you know having not having played you know, 11 in a while i thought they uh they still kind of hold up depending yeah. on, the, on the on the superstar you select
1: <laughs> it looked dope and you didn't have to kind of just like go through the names you guys eventually like get really good with like go to the jays <laughs> doo, doo, i'm done with this like yeah it, it, three button steps you could just put people where you wanted them but i like seeing everybody that's on there. like all right who can I? like people would go through sometimes you're like bro just pick somebody i'm thinking jimmy snooker Hold on, let me go back to Xavier Woods real quick. It's like, dude, just pick somebody. Pick pick somebody. You know who it is. (laughs) You know who's in there. But uh, people would mess around. And big shout-out, I had to put this in here for uh, Casey Classic in the chat. Uh, Big Jack Swagger fan back in the day when he was uh, Toto Americano in the game. I don't know who thought of that. (laughs) But I loved
2: it. uh, that that, That must have been Justin. Yeah, because uh, that, that character came from Road to WrestleMania, so that was uh, that was a Justin leaper creation.
1: Yeah, that you got some really dope alternate attires, and hopefully, Justin's not mad that we're spoiling some of uh, the stuff he'll end up having to talk about soon. But uh, my brother used to use him all the time. He was like, "Yeah, this is a real luchador right here, bro, <laughs> swag bomb." <laughs> yeah. So I know a lot of people aren't uh, Jake Hager fans. I love Jake Hager. I thought he was always a really dope wrestler and never really given a chance to shine. Like. I know he messed up with the one push he had with the We The People because I wasn't feeling that when I first saw that. I was like, yo, what is this? Uncle Zebekiah too, coming out with him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> little a little different.
2: A little too all righty for me. Yeah, oh, um,
1: for sure. But he ended up messing that up because I went to WrestleMania 29. I remember he got busted. Uh, remember, I think he had just tweeted out about uh, Higher and Higher, like the song. Like He was like, check what I'm listening to. And then he got busted with The Weed that's so
2: silly though that's so silly i mean yeah. that's that's WWE for you. i mean it's it's not like he was doing lines off a, a, a hooker's ass you know what i mean he's smoking some weed <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's like and whatever come he, and he
1: don't need to do that his wife is bad as hell trust she
2: is yeah yeah trust. i
1: i i never i i don't I, I can't say
2: that i ever loved jack swagger but i definitely uh never disliked him i thought you know uh he was always a good talent and just was never really, I mean, like a lot of guys in WWE, not to get on that, on a tangent, but just wasn't really given, you know, very good creative. But I think in the ring, I think he's good. I think he's better than good, actually. He's slightly, you know, above average. He I'm was, looking forward to him and Moxley tomorrow. He, that's for damn sure.
1: Yeah, empty arena match. Uh, Yeah, he was um, really good, dude, in ECW. I just remember him putting on great matches with, like, Matt Hardy. He had Christian. Like, he had one or two in the beginning, and then after that, he was off to the races. It's like, that kid got it, man. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's a good talent.
1: Um, we talked about one button reversal, so I- I'll skip that. Yeah. Um, six wrestlers online. You guys stepped up online a little bit here, uh, allowing us to have six players for once. Um, and you added the online Royal Rumble, which we went crazy with. Like, we used to have so many people in the chat, and they were just like, "Come on, man! There's only f- there's six of us, man. We all just want to you know play a match." And I'm like. Well, two people got to sit out. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And you know, on PlayStation, and PS3, we only four people in the chat. Hard times, baby. If you were PS3 on a hard times, it was it wasn't a party chat. It was like sitting at your family coffee table talking. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. you know, we're out of here. So th- this was tough, man. But I thought the online Royal Rumble was a really dope feature, and I kind of missed it later in the later games that we'll talk about eventually, like. I don't know why it disappeared, but online Royal Rumble was dope.
2: Yeah, I mean, so my only experience playing it was, you know, when it was in, you know, QA. I know that it was a uh, that was a problematic feature for for this year's game because that thing just would not. It was just it just was not working for a long stretch of time. So I'm glad to hear that you that the end result of it that you know you had you know better times with it than not. But I know that uh that was definitely a a struggle to get that thing uh stable and working without, you know, because it was it would constantly desync back when it was in uh in, in the testing phase. I think um, I think
1: twenty ten was the beginning of desyncing to where you'd be playing a match and you were like, How am I playing the AI now? And then two yeah. people would be playing different matches. I don't know how that would happen. Maybe it was GameSpy's yeah. fault. I have no idea, but it, it would be very different as far as online goes. But I thought that was a fun aspect that you guys put in there just for people goofing around with their friends and stuff like that. We would never dare try and do that. We always did, like, tournaments for who would go to our WrestleMania. We would never try and do, like, an online rumble. We're like, hell no, bro. Not happening. I'm glad
2: you dug it. I'm glad you dug it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, now, I have GM mode replacement on the side here. Universe mode. Universe mode is yeah. introduced. I think that this was a great idea, Brian. But here's the weird thing. In the first year of introduction to it, it was like linked to everything. So your universe mode was the entire game. Whatever happened with them, that's how you would build people up. Uh, what did you think of this overall? Like, Did you like it being connected to everything? Or did you like once it got split? Um, well,
2: I'm biased with this. Because, um, yeah, this was the first year that universe mode was in the game. Uh, my My friend... My brother, Dan Ryan, uh, designed uh, this mode, and uh, I thought he did. I, he was the perfect guy to uh, to work on this feature because uh, Dan is he's got a, he's got a little bit of Rain Man in him when it comes to numbers and uh, probabilities and things of that nature. Um, so he was a perfect choice to uh, to lead the design effort on this, and I I, I dug it. Um, and the thing is that you say that it was integrated into the the whole game, but you could easily turn it off and on by clicking the right stick. So, you know, for me, I thought that was a a nice, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a nice balance to it. Like, if you wanted to have universe on the entire time you're playing, you can. If you wanted to turn it off for any get for any reason, you know, you click the uh, the R3, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, I did, I did. You know, haven't gone through it again because like I guess I haven't played Eleven in a long time. Uh, title matches were missed. I realized that because I remember because of the universe and how it was implemented in this game, I think you could not do title matches in exhibition. They could only be done through, uh, universe and, uh, in hindsight, that sucks. Um, I'm sure I probably said something at the time, but you know, Dan was doing Dan things. So it, it, you know, it is what it was, but, uh, I thought for a first effort, I thought this, I thought it came out really good. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah, once once you said Dan, I remember I think they had an interview with him, like a little mini trailer, like, hey, this is the new universe mode, uh, this is what we wanted to do with it. I just remember him doing like the background voiceover showing like the stuff happening. So yeah. that was uh really dope. Obi Wan definitely came from my head too. He said you had an option to turn it off. So Obi Wan knew he just he said at the exact same time you did, click the right <laughs> stick to turn it uh on or off. I was just pointing out that I didn't know people like the uh the integration with it. Like, did you like it yeah. being with the exhibition and everything else? Or did you prefer universe mode as a standalone mode uh, was what I, I was looking for?
2: Yeah, I I, I liked the integration. I, I thought it was a much more creative uh, uh, design choice than just having it be, you know, its own, like, the, basically the way it is now. Um, I thought it was very clever, and I thought that the way that it was uh, implemented, how it was interwoven through the exhibition experience was uh, – I thought it was cool. I thought it was – yeah, like, like I said I, – I'm big on, you know, creative ideas and, you know, just things like outside the box. So, and I kind of feel that this version of universe did that much more so than like later iterations of it.
1: Yes. Uh, AR has a question for you, Brian. Uh, Yes, sir. AR says, hey, Brian, I played SVR or 2011, excuse me, recently. I played it on Legendary and I noticed no one ever kicked out of a finisher. Even so, I was curious about if there were ever complaints about the game being too easy.
2: Um, I I definitely have received uh, feedback about the game being easy. I can't I don't remember which which game. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not if it was this one or any other game, I kind of just me playing it recently. You know, I found it easy, but I kind of find them all easy, which, you know, ended up being my my thing. That's how the streak came around. We'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't I, – I've heard those complaints or that feedback about it, but I can't remember if it was specifically for this game uh, or if it was, you know, 12, 10, 9. But, you know, yeah, I have heard those, those issues. But the whole thing about, you know, the guys not being able to kick out of finishers, that's new to me. I haven't experienced that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember any issues with this one. I think 13 had some in it. I, th- I remember it was be- Aubrey was the uh, community manager when the people were having, yeah. like, some issues with it. And I remember he gave some feedback that some people didn't like. And I think he was, was under a lot of count? stress.
2: Because what was a game where, like, there weren't any two counts? Th-
1: that was 13. People kicked that out at one or it was just a three count. You're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Like, off of a clothesline, people were getting yeah. penned. Um, That's what I thought. It-, it was wild, but it was what it was. Let's t- And I'm seeing a lot of questions from uh, other people in here. I think uh, Marlin brought it up. Obi-Wan has a lot of questions about it. Let's talk about the Havoc physics engine, Brian. Yes. Yeah. Shit was dope, bro. Like, that's all I can say about it. Um, you guys had the tables and ladders. One of my favorite things was in a ladder match. You could always push the ladder over; people would fall. It was fun. Yeah. It was cool. But once you could push the ladder over and people would fall onto the ropes, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like even to this day, I remember people could just put that game in and people would fall off the ring. Like, "Oh damn, this is a real money in the bank, dog." People, he fell out. It's
0: time to climb. And people <laughs> would set it up, pull up.
1: It was it was good, man. Uh, we used to have a lot of fun with this one. So whose idea was it to revamp the engine? And uh, what was the feedback like for uh, the revamped engine? Because it seems like a lot of people love this about SVR-11.
2: You know, so so I worked on this. I I was the designer for the TLC, all the object improvements, all this stuff. Who came up with the idea to incorporate uh, the Havoc physics? That was, you know, I'm sure that was uh, Corey and, you know, some of the other big wigs at Uke's, uh Making that determination, but I was one that was put in charge on the creative side of this, and I'm I, I kind of feel, I mean, I the people in the chat correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel that this game has aged a lot better, and I I kind of feel that it's more fondly remembered than when it actually when than when it came out, because mm-hmm. I remember when when it came out, it did it didn't get bad reviews, it got good reviews, they weren't like you know. Stellar or glowing,
1: eight out of but ten from good. IGN.
2: Yeah, they were good, but I kind of feel that over time, this game is kind of uh, is more fondly remembered because of those physics and how they were incorporated into matches involving objects and weapons and the environment. And like I like I said, you know, earlier, like I hadn't played this game in a long time, but I know that making this and you know being on the creative side of working with ux on on the TLC match and just how all these things were gonna were gonna you know interplay with one another was some of was probably outside of maybe 2k14 was the most enjoyable time that i had working on this on the franchise because it was it was just myself working with the designers at ux and i remember sitting in their office in yokohama uh, myself and then shahaya who is now my co-worker. He's a creative director on yukes side and then my homeboy Yamamori san who's uh, pretty much he's me over there in yukes and we would just sit in the room and just basically formulate any sort of possible situation in which a fall occurs and an object is nearby and basically ensuring that if a guy's on top of a ladder and there's they're fighting and there's a table on one side. And you know, we have these moves where you can, you know, do a grapple off of the ladder. You know, and I said, okay, well, if this happens, you've got a table here, a table here. We gotta make sure that wherever they fall, it's gotta be in the direction of that table. Otherwise, it's like a waste of moment. And just and that's like that's one instance, you know, of you know, having a table ringside. And if there's a guy on the apron and he's groggy and he gets knocked off that apron, he needs to be able to go through that fucking table,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and just spotlighting and just playing the game, all three of us together, and just making sure that you know all these cool, wacky, improvisational things can occur in the match was just so much fun. And I think that Yuke's, the programmers and the designers, were that they did a killer job uh, with this. And it is a hallmark for me. It's the best. It's the best thing about this game is yeah. how they incorporated the physics. And like I said, it was so fun. I mean, we did so many cool things that after having played it, I'm like, why the fuck was this not in 12? Why was this not in 13? You know, uh, and, it, and it was it was crazy. Like, I, I, I would basically, when we were having meetings, I'd say, oh, well, would it be possible if, while you're holding the chair, you could throw it at your opponent? And they look at each other like, huh? Speak Japanese? Yeah, we can do that. I'm like, cool, let's put that on the on the on the on the shot list for MoCap. Um Sabu. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all I was thinking of when you could throw the chairs.
2: Throw the chairs, you know, the concertos, the one-man concerto. Like I I basically like I, I just asked for everything. Like I at this point in my career, once we got to eleven, I realized that if I asked for something, I'm either gonna be told no, or they're gonna surprise me and say yes. And more times than not, whatever I I'd ask anything that I would ask for. I found out that it was usually a yes from Yukes. I'm like, hey, if, if someone's holding the chair, would it be possible if you go to a grounded opponent's leg and then you press the button and he wraps the chair around their ankle and you can stomp on it? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Uh, like, all these, all these wacky things that I just add that I, I requested, and they were just like, yeah, we can do this. And because it was the back of the box feature, it got the highest priority. It's, so uh, it's
1: it's weird, Brian, because when you got all that stuff added in, I was like, "This is the shit that could you imagine? If we had this in the old games, like how dope it would have been to just recreate stuff with like Edge and Christian, but you still had them in there to recreate those moments too, which was really cool."
2: Yeah, uh, I mean that was our goal. Like, I I I put a made a note here, but basically, um, the mission statement for gameplay, as far as you know, you with that with the with the physics, was that we wanted. I'll just read it. With SBR 11, our goal was to implement functionality and gameplay systems allowing for improvisational moments of gameplay utilizing objects and the environment. Like, that's what we expressed to Ukes. This is what we kind of told them. It has to be like this. You know, we watched, I can't tell you how many TLC matches, and we did our best to try to account for every situation. You know, uh, being able to lean ladders against the barricade, against uh, other ladders, against the ropes, being able to you know do all these things with the objects for like we just did a deep dive into every possible thing that a player may think to do or want to do and you know we we did it you know being able to double stack tables and put somebody through it um are you familiar with the uh, directional throw functionality
1: you you must be reading my notes brother that's uh coming up after all this but go ahead get into it
2: oh, okay so directional throw was an idea that I came up with during one of these meetings and we were talking about ways in which to allow players to... Because the whole thing outside of, the, outside of the, the object interaction was basically allowing, like, yeah, if you do a move, like a suplex or a powerbomb near something, whether it's the ring steps, a table, a ladder, we wanted, that, we wanted players to be able to drop an opponent on top of any of those objects, have them react to that drop, and to have all these dynamic motions... And I remember in the meeting, I, I was like, hey, well, what if we would it be possible to allow players to control the direction of their throw with the left stick when they're in mid motion? And the animators were there and they were like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that shouldn't be too difficult. Let us go back and we'll get a cost for you. And they came back like a couple hours and they were like, Yeah, this can totally be done. And I was like, sweet. So that's how directional throw. Became a part of the game, and I, I think it's still in the game now. But it was all be, all based off of you know trying to incorporate you know offensive maneuvers, even defensive maneuvers, into being able to throw your opponent and have them interact and collide with these objects and just create these cool uh, situations.
1: Yeah, dude. My favorite thing to create would be like where you would double stack the tables on the outside, and then you know the Matt Hardy, Bubba Ray Dudley. I'm more of a Matt Hardy guy than uh, Jeff. So that was one of my favorite moments in like all the TLC matches where him and Bubba would take the bump off and all the way to the floor on their side and just go yeah. through all those tables and the plunder. I used to love that. That was one of my favorite things to recreate. The physics works so well for this. And we're getting some questions. Uh, original Biggie kind of asked one similar to this. So we're going to combine him and Marlins together here. He said, I have a question. Uh, were you instructed by the WWE or the talent themselves to exaggerate their physiques? I understand that Triple H... This is this has been a long time rumor, so I'm gonna put that around this first. Uh, Triple okay. H did not want to look weak, and uh, JBL had the the body of a, a a 21. I don't know what that's supposed to be, like a 21 year old, and Umaga had
2: a six pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this Last... in our first video, or maybe it was the second one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we were still working within the confines of WWE's of creative vision for how they wanted the the character models to look. Um, so we were still in that, I don't want to say fight, but in that um, discussion. Because on our side, we wanted we wanted the wrestlers to look in terms of their physique. We wanted them to look as they looked on television. But uh, the WWE, it took them a long time before they were willing and able to kind of allow us to be more realistic with the, the character models and how in their depictions so that they look more akin to the real life person um so I, yeah if we i guess we hadn't we hadn't hit that mark yet uh with this game but uh over the with each iteration you know wwe kind of we started to you know you know work them down a little bit to the point where they allowed us to, like if a guy is heavy set and is not doesn't have a lot of uh you know definition um they were they were fine with us you know you know creating those models to make them look like the real the real life selves but uh yeah we hadn't yet achieved that but it was always a discussion every year up until it actually became a thing so i guess it didn't happen for this one now
1: brian i'm gonna uh run through some questions in here but i'm gonna come back to one more question about the uh the mocap and the animations and everything with this um yeah. first we have uh, uh where do i want to start here oh original biggie said i was hyped since e3 presentation for this game Uh, He just remember seeing the physics, and he was just amazed by it. And he said, thank you, Brian, for putting this in. Uh, Why wasn't this in 12 and 13, and he missed throwing chairs? I I think we'll save that for next week's discussion once we get into how those games were developed. And um, AR says the graphics for SVR 2011 were really interesting with the bright colors, etc. What was the decision to change it up in 12 and 13? I don't know, was there a small thought as to why the colors, did you guys want brighter colors, or was it just enhancing the graphics, basically, like you do every year?
2: Wait, was he saying that the colors were brighter in 12 and 13, or then brighter 11. in 11? Oh, really? I I actually, you know, playing 11, I thought that the colors looked a lot more muted to mm-hmm. me, especially in comparison to 2010. I mean, I'm playing them back-to-back. But uh, for me, 11, it seemed like a almost like a duller palette, like, I didn't get that impression, but maybe I just got a janky-ass TV. That could yeah. very well be the case.
1: No, I mean, I think you'll know once you play 12 and 13 and compare it. Okay. Maybe that's something to uh, keep in mind or put in your notes. And Rob said that, uh, oh, it was supposed to be specimen. Thank you, because it was only part of it up there. And I was like, well, I don't know what that word was supposed to be. Uh, Rob said directional throws were a godsend. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Rob. Like, that was a, a minor thing that I thought was uh, really dope. And – the ladder and table animations, did you mocap all of those, or how did those get put in? Because they were kind of exaggerated, and I'm like, dude, did people get, like, effed up doing these, or? Uh,
2: All that stuff was mocap, man.
1: Really? Dude, all that-, that
2: stuff was mocap.
1: That's wild. And it
2: was it was fun, dude. Um, The, not, okay. All right, I tell you, I, I, let me walk it back. 85% of it was mocap. Um, Some of the motions Like if you Like some of the reactions that a wrestler would exhibit Like when they got dropped on like the steel steps Or On a ladder or a table Some of those reactionary animations Were pro- programmatically Created via the, the, uh, the Havoc's engine But situations where like I think you had mentioned Like when if a guy was on top of a ladder And you knocked it over Or you pushed it over and they fell on the ropes And they got hung up those motions were all motion captured uh, from all from like just a shit ton of angles and situations, and you know, depending on on how the fall occurred, they would slot in the correct uh, you know collision animation. Um, but no, we did a we did a lot of mocap uh, for this feature, a lot. Um, man, it was fun, man. This was this do, was. Do you was, remember
1: who was on your team for that one? Oh yeah, so. At this
2: point, we were like, I had my crew assembled. We were no longer using the WWE mocap talent. I had uh, put together my own crew of talent. So, uh, Micah Taylor, who was just on Wife Swap. I saw, uh, I I had to show that
1: to my dad and tell him the dude I'm interviewing is boys with him. And he was like, wait, what? I'm like, the dude on Wife Swap right there, that's the wrestler, he knows him.
2: Yep. Uh, So, Micah and Tracy, his wife, were part of it. Uh, Chase Stevens, who recently showed up on Impact again.
1: Yeah, good to see him back, actually, because I missed him in TNA. Yeah, Side,
2: yeah. Sidebar, Chase.
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I love Chase. And I'll forgive him for uh, putting his fist through the rental car. Um timeout. <laughs> Time out. Time <laughs> out. <No. laughs> uh Who else was there? Uh, Mike Mike Mondo.
1: Mike Mondo's uh, from, good.
2: From the Spirit Squad, Cassidy Riley. Um, I don't think Sanjay was a part of the team at this point. I think he might have came. I think I I recruited Sanjay. Maybe it was like for 12 or 13.
1: Yeah, because I think that's when that moon stomp came in. And I used to yell at people. I'm like, yo, bro, if there's any move in wrestling I won't take, it's that fucking moon stomp, bro. I can't. (laughs) I would be too afraid. Sanjay Um, never hurt anybody on it, though. Perfect. Oh, no. no.
2: Sanjay was dope. Um, Harry? Harry Smith?
1: DH? Oh, okay.
2: I think so. Uh I mean he definitely he definitely did mocap for us. Uh when he was with WWE and then once he got released, uh we brought him back. I brought him back. Um but yeah, we had a good crew of just, you know, independent talent, you know, former WWE, uh TNA guys. And and like you know, we had been working together for a couple years now, so they knew they knew the drill. You know, they knew the process of mocap. They were familiar with how everything had to be done and so we got into the studio and just banged out just I mean, a ton of stuff, man. I mean, two-week shoots uh, for this feature. It was a lot. It was a lot.
1: Now, now, Brian, first, that rent-a-car story, I'm not going to let you get away from this. Is this, is this an off-air one? Is, is it one of those types of stories, or is this can you tell the people? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you got to think it, this long, it's probably not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh... uh I
2: love chase he's a, he's, a, he's a brother of mine I love him to death. He just uh was outside of himself one day and was angry at one of our other talents and because he wanted to drive the car the he was the he was in no shape to drive at all um he was just being a little hothead and uh in his in his zeal and his zest of wanting to drive the rental car he Punched his hand through the driver's side uh, passenger window, and uh, he took care of it. He took care of it. I found out about it, you know. He, the next day at, at at mocap, you know, they called. Uh, what is that? Like, what's that one company that will come down and like replace your, the windows on
1: cars? Safe light. Safe light. Safe light repair. <laughs> Safe light. That's stuff Yeah. I want, I want a, a payment sent to everything. Pro wrestling. Safe light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, right.
2: Um, so he took care of it. I mean, and he was very apologetic about it. He just, you know, had too much to drink, and you know, sometimes it happens when you're doing motion capture for a wrestling video game. We did. I did have to. Uh, I mean, I don't say put him on timeout, but he he missed a couple of shoots because of that. But 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 he, you know, just a couple, and then we brought him right back. He was real like I said, he he apologized to everybody and. He took care of it himself, so. Somebody yeah. just
1: put in the chat, sick put dang, he Goldberg the window. <laughs> he basically <laughs> broke. Uh shout out to Chase Stevens though, man. One of my favorites from uh T N A in the early days. I still if I ever can interview him, I just wanna know what happened with all that. Like I don't understand how this dude was never a bigger star. But um AR has one more question, Brian, before he gets out. Hopefully he's still on to hear yeah. this. He said, uh, Brian, before I head off, it's two fifty AM. So oh, damn. He, he's got to be listening. tired. Thank you for listening. Uh, he said, "When it came to working with THQ and Two K, you had a deadline. Uh, how freeing is it to be able to work on your game and to be able to make your time? So I think I think he's just talking about the the time to uh, produce the game in your position. How freeing was it? Like, did you feel like you had the time? Like, were you free, or did you feel like you were always under constraints?" Um.
2: You're always, I mean, it's, you're always under constraints. Everybody who works on, and not just this game. I mean, I'd have to imagine anybody who works on an annualized title, like you're under constraints. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, if you're being able to work within those constraints and, because that's how I thrived. You know, like I said, once I figured out how the game was played, how, like where my authority extended and how far my relationship working with Ukes got really got better, where Honestly, by this point in the game, like is although my 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 paychecks had THQ on them, I, by this point I felt like I was work more working for Hughes than I was THQ. Um, and because of that, you just kind of you, you kind of you you learn what can be done in any given development cycle for any game, you know, you kind of you kind of realize okay, that's too pie in the sky, but I know I can do this and get it done.
1: Ooh, you know, okay. so I'm sorry, he, 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 he clarified his question a little bit more. He said, oh, I'm okay. sorry, he meant now. He said, do you feel oh, more free now than uh, you did before? Yes, yes. S- simple answer, yes, he does. Yeah. Free uh, and last. free and last.
2: <laughs> a hell of a lot more free uh, because, look, whatever we do, and when I say we, I mean, my, you know, Ukes. whatever we do next is going to be something that we have creative control over. You know, at the tail end, you know, working with two with uh, with two K. You know, although although the the um, the situation was the same as far as how THQ and Ukes, like Ukes was basically like they we THQ paid them to make the game, like that's it was a it was a, you know, they were contracted to make this game for us. But that being said, there was a lot of collaboration uh, and a lot of mutual respect between both between both sides um with 2k not to say that there wasn't respect I mean there's like what there was definitely respect but they and I was a part of it I was there for that one year for 2k 15 but they were they were a, a, a bit more heavy-handed in their creative where it was like no do this we don't want no because we you know it's like we don't okay thank you for that design but no do this do this like they drove it and you know towards the tail end yeah it's like once you once you realize that, you know, you your creative isn't really being listened to, yeah, it starts to suck. Where it's like, okay, well now, yeah, it's like, all right, they want you feel this. I like they feel like a robot, yeah. So I can definitely say that whatever we whatever we do next is gonna be something that, you know, we're gonna like I said, I in that tweet that I sent out last year, you know, we're we're going back to our roots. You know, we're we're kicking the tires and revisiting those classics. Like, here comes the pain, and you know, we're gonna go back to what made You know those wrestling games that people Still look you know fondly Back on here comes the pains and no mercies like We're going towards that While at the same time introducing brand New original features That uh, As far as I know have not been seen in the wrestling game I know that's stuff that I'm working on right now And like I said I don't know if it's Going to happen or not but I'm optimistic And if it does happen I think you know Fans are going to be in for a fucking treat That's all I'll say Mm.
1: Not a regular treat, a fucking treat. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope to hear more about that eventually. But um, let, let's jump into the, uh, the road to WrestleMania real quick. Uh, got GTA vibes from the free roam a little bit. Uh, I know it got a little repetitive afterwards, like fighting with people was kind of like a mistake. You were like, dude, let me just get through the story. I don't want to randomly have a match backstage with somebody oh. like Primo. And then I'm stuck trying to put this dude through a table and I'm acting stupid. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of different things with this. Um, the free roam was cool. It seemed like a lot of people were begging for that back because of Here Comes the Pain. And sometimes what you wanted isn't exactly... I, I don't know how to put it. Like, they thought it would be cool, and I think once they got it back, they were kind of just like, oh, that's it?
2: Yeah. You know, uh, people,
1: people were begging for it, and it was just like, oh, eh.
2: Yeah, you know, Here Comes the Pain didn't even have free roam. You basically just chose to go into to visit the GM's office to visit the
1: Well th- couldn't you walk uh, around the backstage wasn't that the one where you like see Jericho and you would go up to him and be like hey uh what's up and uh, then sometimes a brawl uh, would break out or you would choose like your option
2: No I think that was shut your mouth where it was like a first person where you're like but it wasn't even backstage it was like you're walking the concourse of the actual arena but here comes the pain was a static it was like it was like menu driven like you were in your locker and you could choose Yes you're right you could- you're
1: right on that it was shut your mouth
2: Um but fun nonetheless, and and you're right. We, we were hearing that feedback as well about how you know players wanted to get like that you know 3D environment where they can walk backstage and interact with you know different superstars and all of this that and the other. Um, and I played it you know the past couple days Like I haven't played it for a long time. I enjoy it when it sticks to the story. I think the mode would have been better had we just. Uh, nixed on the whole free roaming backstage mm-hmm. because it, it was just tedious um the environments were way too big um i've been backstage at wwe events raw smackdowns pay-per-views um in a lot of arenas i don't know where the hell they were doing their uh tv tapings in this game but these are some cavernous backstage areas and uh i think it, it would have gone down a lot better had they been condensed and uh, not made so gargantuan because you make it that big and it and it just kind of seemed there just wasn't that much activity like there were superstars roaming around but they were the the environment was so big and you spent so much time running here running there. It was like uh and i'm sure like i, I don't think justin's made it in his series to 11 yet but i would be very curious to see what he thinks about it now um because because like i said you know with this game like bro i didn't have anything to do with road to wrestlemania that was all justin's uh, that's his baby, um, but again, like having you know, I'm playing it again now, and like if you just if you take away a lot of that running to this objective, running to here, running to there, like the stories, the voice acting, the writing, uh, it's all top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think the that backstage kind of gets in the way.
1: It's weird. It was something the fans wanted, and sometimes you get what you asked for. You got it, and then it was just like, ah, this isn't what I really wanted. Now, once you saw yeah. it.
2: But I also just me knowing Justin, uh, I guarantee you, it's not what he, the end was the end the end product as far as the backstage Roman is concerned. I I can, I can I can guarantee that it's not even what he had envisioned.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to hear what he thinks because his last game, there's got to be a reason why it was his last, and I'm kind of curious to hear his story on why. Because I'm not familiar with Justin as much as I am with like you and Dan and what happened kind of with everything, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious to see that. This one, though, you had uh, the versus Undertaker where you could pick the Undertaker, the Ka, uh, yeah. I think Ziggler, Kofi was an option. I can't remember if there were anybody else, but those were the names that I wrote down Christian? that I remembered. Who? Christian. Oh, was Chris- oh, Christian had his own, too. Yeah, Christian yeah, with yeah. Edge. That was kind with of a dope edge. one. That was one of the better ones, I think, actually. That you. Yeah, that's what I'm
2: playing through them. right now. I'm <laughs> playing through that one right now
1: um ray mysterio had one i, I love the right. alta tires that you got from it too that you would get people's different gear uh from these two john cena had another one i felt that was excessive i'm like yo this dude's been in basically like everyone it had his own road to WrestleMania, but he's john cena so what he's john you, yeah
2: he's john Cena. it's like you can't have without him
1: uh and jericho was back again to get his own once again but this time on the heel version instead of the baby yeah. face like in oh nine so they, they had some really uh dope things in here um creative yeah with the we'll show up Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh no, no! I was just gonna say, yeah, it was it was good. You know, uh, the uh, the core portions of that mode were fantastic.
1: Creative finisher, Brian. Um, I saw that you guys put in the call names for him this time. I don't know if that was the first year where we had it, but this this year I think was the first year where I noticed it was really robust as far as what you could call the moves. Some of them. Oh yeah. Some of them had some cute names. I won't repeat all of them, but you know, it sounded like some Ring of Honor, PWG esque names, maybe some New Japan in there.
2: I wonder who who, who did that.
1: Yeah, I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I really like that, though. I thought the call names were a nice touch to uh, add to it. And even sometimes if you hear, like, a move that sounds like it, like it could be uh, the Painmaker. You know, you're like, oh, that's the Rainmaker, obviously. That's dope. Okay. Like, back in the day, we used to have to call the Miz the Miss. I I can't remember what game he wasn't in the last one, but people would create him, and it's like, the Miss. And you're like, ah, close (laughs) enough to Miz. That works. (laughs) <laughs> but the call names were really good that you guys uh, added those in there. Um, DLC. I felt this was the year where DLC became a standard for what you guys had, like, a plan. Like, I felt like everything was kind of put into a box. And this was what the DLC was kind of going to be for the time being. And I think everybody, every game after this kind of followed this mold. And yeah. uh, I have a I have a cool memory, if I can remember, to bring it up on one of the uh, DLC parts. So... You guys had everything in here, uh, the un- all unlock all unlockables because when you get the game, like half the shit is like blocked off. You're like, what is yeah, this, bro? Oh. But you anybody who buys the game yearly, they get the all unlock. Press the button. All right, we're good to go. I got everybody who I could put in the attribute uh, customization. You guys had the fan access, which gave you access to online and the WWE creations to uh, get in the community creations. Hey, can I
2: can I can I speak about the fan access real quick? Just yeah. real quick. Yeah. No. So this was this was Corey's idea, the fan access and basically you know the one-time payment for all future DLC. Um, now, I don't know if this is the first instance of this in console video games, but if it's not the first, it was definitely one of the first. And I just want to mention that uh, and give my boy Corey some love on this because this this was his brainchild, uh, and you know the cats he kicked it up to the people in marketing and the PR and they loved it so uh i tried to do my research on this and i think what i found is that i think one game came out a year i think it was the same year it was like a borderlands or some other AAA title that i think gets the credit for this because you know wrestling games are not going to get any kind of credit uh but I, I i think i think this was the first instance of this in uh in console gaming just wanted to throw that out there if i'm wrong uh, please, someone in the chat or if you're watching this, you know.
1: I don't think please you're wrong me. because I, I hope Sick talks about it because he just mentioned something in here that I want to uh, talk to you about. Actually, I'm going to bring it up before we get into it here real quick. Marlon, let, let me run through what the chat's saying. Marlon says that the uh, antidote about the arena size is a problem with the current gen games, huge open worlds, and maps with nothing to do in turn. Sometimes less is really more and concise. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Marlon, that's a that's a really good point too. I do think less is more sometimes with the games. You don't need that big open world. You start thinking wild, and then sometimes you're like, well, what are we gonna put in it? What can we? What- right,
2: exactly. It's like I mean, it's the if there if if you populate the area with enough things to interact with and do, then great. But if you don't have the uh, the budget for that, you're much better off condensing that sucker. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, I got cussed out in some Facebook groups today because. Oh, damn. What That's we've been, a- well, not not really cussed out, but people were kind of, you know, disagreeing with me, and I kind of had to put on my hat, and I'm like, look, I don't usually advertise in here that I do a podcast, but I was like, yo, I'm doing a podcast with someone who created the games and we talked about this, so it's not possible. Uh, Sick brought up, uh, I kind of wish they offered a remastered version of these old school wrestling games, and this was brought up a lot, like, Here Comes the Pain needs to be remastered since 2K21 isn't coming out, and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, momentarily, And somebody said, could they do a a current version of Here Comes the Pain? Because we brought up already, you can't make a Here Comes the Pain remake because of how many people would have to get paid. You would need Ukes approval. Ukes would probably have to get back involved in it. You would also have to figure out a way to pay people for the themes. Jim Jost is going to want his bread if he hears his themes in that game. There's so many people who have to get payouts for this. Um, Could they do it with a current roster, though, do you think?
2: A current roster is, as far as what? Current as of 2020?
1: hmm
2: Like, what, make a game like Here Comes a Pain?
1: Yeah. I, I, don't know well, if yeah that's, and I don't know if that's great either because they came out with WrestleFest. I don't know if you guys were involved in that or whatnot. But I remember the phone game, WrestleFest, and I thought it was kind of trash compared to the original.
2: No, we didn't do that one. Uh, we being you, so I don't – yeah, we, that wasn't us.
1: No. I um, remember Marcus would tweet about it a lot, and I was just like, I can't remember who made it for the phones, but I was just like, Eh. Not feeling this. It's not the same.
2: No, I mean, Corey, not Corey, uh, Justin tweeted out yesterday about, and he had a, he had a really good uh, response to inquiries as far as, you know, remakes of older games. It's just way too much red tape involved to do it. And and yeah, if, if you, if you, I mean, and you, and Conrad, you had mentioned that, you know, you know Ukes would have to get paid. Like, honestly, like, we wouldn't because we're paid for hire. So, we don't have the rights to that name or to that game. It, it would be THQ, and now I guess because they took over the license, it's 2K. Um, okay, so I
1: mean,
2: there's so, nothing stopping two, a company from, from yeah, from developing the game based off of "Here Comes You Know the Pain," or no mercy, no mercy for that, for that, uh, for that example. But it would it, you can't just like you can't take that tech and that engine and
1: just uh, throw it uh, on today's console
2: right yeah that's not how it works you know you, it's, it's just not possible and that's just on the tech side and then yeah i mean yeah but that yeah that's it. it it's not it's not it's not possible um but yeah i mean i mean those those games are such i mean they're classics so yeah you can easily make a developer a, you know develop a game that's inspired by those games of course i mean obviously you want to make sure you got the right people involved but uh but yeah i mean and, and i guess if 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 2k for example wanted to let's say they, they rebranded WWE and just here comes the pain or whatever they'd be within their right to do so i'm not saying they will but it would be here comes the pain and name only and if they said you oh, know yeah it'll be inspired by that game but it had to be created you know brand new i guess i mean they could use the old you know svr engine but i'm sure they wouldn't want to do that like if you're going to do something new i mean that's an old engine like that's another thing about us. Is like whatever we do, I'm really excited because you know we'll be developing something from scratch, which will be oh, amazing.
1: Yeah. And I heard, uh, I remember your interview. Your boss had gave out after the split initially happened, and it sounded like you guys have some crazy ass tech that you haven't gotten the opportunity to, to use yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, we got some cool stuff, uh, some cool tech that we're actually using for another one of our projects. Um, but yeah, but can easily be incorporated into. Uh, on the video game side of things.
1: Um, Let me see here. Thank you for uh, clearing that up, too, with a lot of people. Justin, I think, referenced us, actually, too, in it. Like, hey, check out EPW Show. Him and Brian just talked about this, too, if you guys want, like, clarification on it. So that probably helped with a lot of views that we got last week, too. Um, DLC, let's get into this real quick. Uh, This is kind of one of the last things I wanted to talk about with you as far as SVR 11. I remember. Well, I, I, I got some stuff. I, I remember stuff. your interview with Gaming Ring, bro. This is how I knew you were happy when you made this game. This is when Brian <laughs> Williams became like one of my favorite people. You, I think it was Matt Black, and I'll never forget it because I, I used to. So I like the long interviews. I'm like, yo, let Brian talk. Brian was my guy because I'm like, going would give out information. I look in Brian's eyes and I know when Brian's lying or whatnot. So you, <laughs> so you were my guy back then. I'm like, Matt, you better ask him some damn hard hitting questions. So Matt was sitting there. And you guys were like, "Yo, round robin. You got to rapid fire these joints." So I assume you guys probably were getting ready to go, and they finally got their chance to get over there with the mic, and uh, they started asking you a bunch of questions. You were like, "No, yes." They're like, "Come on, man. You can answer a little more than that." You remember that? I, rem- I remember that. I and remember uh, that. my favorite was the DLC. What about Nexus? Nexus was the shit during this time. Like Nexus, you thought the NWO was coming back the way they were building these boys up, um, dude. When you said the nexus were in, you were like, I don't know if I'm about to get in trouble for this, but yes, yes, the nexus are in. <laughs> uh, or when you would say no comment. No comment was always a yes. People were like,
0: I think that's a yes. I think yeah,
2: yeah, a yeah, that was just, that was my, my 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 tell. No comment yet with me usually does me. Because if, it, if, if it's a no, I just say no because I don't want to get anybody's hopes up.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, lo- I love it, man. So, I, but I can see like the genuine happiness on your face. Like you just look like you were in a good place. You loved making this game. It was just a good time. And I, I just miss you guys interacting with some of the smaller people. I know the bigger YouTubers get to go. And look, I'm cool with Viking Size Gamer, Denk Ops, uh, all of those guys. Tony Pizza Guy, like Tony they're pizza. cool dudes. Like they've they listened to my suggestions. They've liked them. I think some of them follow my personal account even on Twitter. And that's dope. Really cool. I appreciate that. But I miss like sometimes the little guys getting invited out there too. And I think they should do stuff like that too. Cause they have different viewpoints on like, look, I watch this every week, bro. And this is what I think needs to be done. And they played it for a long time. I felt like those guys felt alienated once they got kind of like booted out of the picture as far as giving their feedback. Then it was just all to the forum. So I kind of yeah. miss that aspect. Just food for thought from me. But let's I talk- miss it too.
2: Let's I enjoy talking to uh, the gaming rings and like the smaller, because those those are the guys that really knew their shit and and cared. You know what I mean? Not to say that you know some of the other bigger uh, you know influencers don't, but I enjoy talking to them because they would they would ask me questions that if it was flipped, they'd ask questions that I would want to that I'd ask. You know what I mean? So I really enjoyed those uh, those interviews.
1: Let's talk about what the DLC offered, shall we, Brian? And yes, then sir. And you can give your feedback in DLC 1, this was all going to be available at launch. We have my boy, the masterpiece Chris Masters. Uh, I was always a Chris Masters guy. I don't know why. Uh, I, I like really him wanted him to beat up Triple H when he made that joke about him on Raw, where I was like, come on, bro, the, the how to lose the weight. And I'm like, oh, because yeah. he's not on the gas. Well, never mind, I ain't going to get into that about yeah. the gas, but whatever chris masters was in and i think this was during the time period where chris masters came back and he was like a workaholic in the ring like he was putting on some banger matches on superstars so if you guys ever want to like, go back and look he was putting on some great matches
2: he got really good at, you know like this was like a different chris masters like uh no i i agree with you like he really stepped this shit up
1: yeah he's still wrestling now too if you guys find him on like indie shows the dude's great he's like mentoring uh indie talents and stuff like the dude's really good
2: yeah we work out in the same gym
1: the masterpiece, Brian Williams, coming at you.
2: <laughs> Gold's Gym in Culver City, man. I see him there uh, regularly. At least I used to before they shut down the gyms.
1: <laughs> um, now, you know I got to rip on you for this next one. Kelly Kelly, Devil Halloween. I just have why. Why again, bro?
2: You know what? Uh, I had forgotten this DLC, Was so this Corey? i got... It's
1: this Corey? Oh, yeah. I think Corey this likes is... this, this little naughty diva DLC stuff.
2: I'm not going to put it solely on him. But uh, it was him and marketing came up with this. Because cause I'm like, okay, Chris Masters, cool. And then I'm like, Kelly Kelly Halloween attire. The Rey Mysterio Day of the Dead attire was cool. But I'm like, come on, man. Like, who? No, no all, all respect to Kelly Kelly. But I don't know. <laughs> like, I, that that should have been on the disc.
1: <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know why. Anytime I hear Kelly Kelly, I hear that horrible theme, too. Like, I, I liked her in ECW. I'll just leave it at that. This, that, that, yeah, Hala, Hala. I'm just <laughs> oh, like, come on, bro. Come on. Oh, great. That, now it's
2: going to be stuck in my, 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 stuck in my, my brain for the rest of the night. It's,
1: it's better than Brie Bella's theme, bro. That's, that's the only way I can put it. Cause Brie Bella's got one of the worst of all time. I think that, yeah, Brie, that is Brie true. Mode.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, I hate that. Bro.
1: DLC two though. This is the one I thought was the shit. And I remember, and Marcus is about to get a shout out on this too. We had the British bulldog, which I thought was dope. Um, I think with, this was Bulldog 92, right? With the braids uh, the beads? I think so. I used to always tell people, I'll beat your ass with British Bulldog with the beads in his head. That was my Bulldog. Like I don't want the, <laughs> the shorts. I don't want the one with the slick back hair. Give me Bulldog with the beads, bro. Clothes lining people's heads off. Uh, he was in this Lex Luger. Now, this yeah. is why Marcus is getting mentioned. I remember Marcus must have busted his ass to get that theme in the game. He did not get his... Original, you know the uh, the old school American one. He used to have the da da da. Marcus got the "I'll be your hero" in there. I don't know how he did it or why he did it. I just thought of that damn Lex Express every time you come out. "I'll be your hero." Just bad nineties music back then. I
2: I was pushing for the narcissist uh, Lex Luger, but I got overruled. So, yeah.
1: You know what, though? I think there was a reason why all this came together, though. Remember when I said Bulldog with the uh, beads in his hair from 92? Because all of this is going to, like, come together, I think, in a second. It makes sense. Then we got the Nexus, bro. Wade, Barrett, David Otunga, Justin Gabriel. I know you yeah. got a story about this because I think there's supposed to be one more name at least in there.
2: What, you talking about uh, Brian Danielson? Yes, sir. Yeah, I guess he got a... Uh... He got let go because of a choking out. Uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Justin. Justin Roberts. Uh, Justin Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I was really upset about about that.
1: That was uh, bullshit though. With the tie, I, I don't know. I didn't.
2: Really... I know. I know.
1: I didn't even remember seeing that part till they brought it up. I'm like, you guys brought it up. I wasn't thinking about it.
2: I know. Yeah, they're the ones that replayed it. Yeah. Well, it was cool. It was good. It was cool to have Wade Barrett and uh, Justin Gabriel. Um, Otunga, no, never <laughs> You know, he's, Sorry for laughing, he's that's some, just the way
1: you put it. Somebody's
2: got to take the pen, you know what I mean? So. Yeah,
1: listen, dude, when I see him, I think of I Love New York. My wife used to watch all that stuff back then when we were dating, and I was just oh, like, yeah. is that the dude from I Love New York? Come on, bro. Now you're a wrestler.
2: Hold on, I'm going to turn my lights on real quick.
1: No, you're good. But they, they had the, the Nexus being in the game was something just completely different. Right. Um, I, I was just happy to see them in the game. So, did you ever have plans though to add anybody else in there from there? Like, what what happened to Ryback, or were these just the three main guys? Yeah,
2: you know, I, honestly, I don't have any memory of this DLC pack, which which leads which leads me to believe that I wasn't involved <laughs> at all with it because I don't. I'm like I was looking at this and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I remember the the Lex Luger, uh, and then it's like, oh yeah, Nexus, but beyond that, yeah, no, this was a Corey and marketing uh, endeavor right here.
1: Mm. Yeah, but dude, this was relatively quick, though. Like, this is the stuff. So this is what's going to make people, I think, once they saw this in the game, this is what would make people question how come so-and-so's not in the game going forward because this was the fastest. Like, they just debuted, I think, like, two weeks at the, the, what do I want to say, like, the latest. They had just debuted, and you were already, like, Yes, they they'll, they'll be in the game. Like holy shit, this is great. So oh
2: yeah, as far as like our, our roster cutoff, you're talking about?
1: Yeah, because people would always say afterwards, like how okay, this dude's been there for six months. How did he not make it? But these boys came in two weeks before. Unless that was planned for a long time, maybe.
2: No, no, I think it was just good. Uh, just good happenstance. Cause like our, I mean, we do have a cutoff when it comes to the roster, um, and it's. It's, it's always within, or at least it used to be, within a certain time frame, but it was never like an exact thing where it's like, oh, after WrestleMania, boom, we're done. Or before WrestleMania, that's it. You know, every, every year's game was different, but um, if, if they debuted, you know, after we had cut it off, and, it was, and I'm sure, I, yeah, it probably was pretty soon after, like once the decision was made that, look, the roster is locked, we got the WWE approval, that's it. You know, we're making these guys, we're making the roster, anybody else, will consider for DLC. And that's kind of it, because at a certain point, because there's so much red tape um, that, you know, we have to go through in terms of getting, you know, all these assets and, you know, arenas, the roster, all these things final. So, yeah, when, so getting the roster finalized, getting WWE say so, it's like, that's not, an, not that it's a hard thing, but it's, it's, it takes time. You know what I mean? We work with them back and forth to get a roster together. Once they say yes, it's like, okay, that's it. Let's start, you know, send them out to the vendors. Let's get these guys uh, created, uh, implemented into the game. Anybody else, we'll table that for now. We'll come back to DLC. So the best way to get in the game, at least back in in my day, was if you debuted in or around WrestleMania, you had a much higher chance of getting in the game as DLC. And occasionally on the disc itself, depending on the
1: time. Mm. Good point. Uh Layla was in this DLC as well. Uh we had Shad updated with the heel turn attire when he turned on yeah. JTG. Shouldn't have split Crime Time up, bro. Just shouldn't have. Uh but JTG kept his job for years, so and I love his book title, Damn Why Did I Answer the Phone or whatever.
2: <laughs> like, oh, man, I got both of his books, man. They're 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 freaking great reads.
1: Yeah. JTG tells some uh some good stories in those. Uh HBK, I love the WrestleMania 8 attire. Uh yep. one of my favorite like slept on manias in my opinion wrestlemania 8 just because it was my first like pay-per-view as a kid uh Shawn michaels was really dope with the 92 hearts version and we got the nxt arena for the first time so this was a good dlc pack like this this may be one of the better ones i'm like yo you can't put much up against this bro like that's
2: i forgot i forgot about the nxt being a part of this i was like oh shit look Mm -hmm. at that Yeah." yeah But that was, but th- but then I remembered. Oh, but this is the NXT, the the uh, original. Oh yeah, Inc-
1: somebody starts singing "We Are Wild and Young." <laughs> <Sing
2: it>. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, look at the memory on you.
1: Yeah. Oh no, I just remember uh, Mike Regan singing that shit <laughs> during like, yeah. one of the interviews back then. I'm like, dude, stop right now. I used to listen to their <laughs> podcast back then. I'm like, this cannot happen right now. Um, let me see here. Uh, sick in the chat says, shout out to whoever put money in the bank by Little Scrappy in the game in that one year in 07. That was uh, Corey. S- s- that was Corey? Yep. Let-, let me find out one day. I'm going to drive past him and just see him. Listen, to I got money in money the bank. Money in the bank, Show yeah. me what you drink. <laughs> uh, man, that dude's on loving hip-hop now. <laughs> what happened, man? What happened? Oh, he is? Yeah. He well he was a couple years ago. I, oh. I don't I don't watch it. My wife will put it on. I'm just like, oh that's a little scrappy. Uh he said six said he had the biggest crush on Layla. Yo, you ain't the only one, bro. Layla shout out to Ricky Ortiz, he's a lucky man. <laughs> I think they're Are still, they still together? I think so. Oh well. Yeah, I haven't heard man. anything, so I'm gonna just keep it gravy like they're they're good. Uh the trash game show version of NXT Prince Rockstar wrote. Carrying uh hey. barrels and shit. <laughs>
2: He ain't lying. That was some pretty pretty piss poor television back then.
1: Dude, I think he got worse definitely when far CM Punk was on commentary. I,
2: I, NXT is now.
1: Yeah, when they had the female version with like Caitlin all of them and Punk was just on commentary, and he was like, Oh, I watch NXT with my pants off like this every week, folks. <laughs> like CM Punk was just <laughs> killing it on commentary with heel Michael Cole acting a fool. Yeah. Um DLC three though, we got an alt attire for Cena. He had the purple, we had straight edge society punk with the mask uh taker alt attire i think we got ministry and american badass out of this uh seamus i don't know how seamus had attire without the words on it that must have been like the fcw attire he came up with and then they were like yo add some letters on that or something bro like a little minor yeah, detail. That...
2: yeah it must have been that
1: super it, small yeah, and one of my favorite cold. things were uh the nitro dlc because that gave me some people to download a community creations i remember i was looking for a psychosis real bad so i could do psychosis ray mysterio um yeah dude really dope though i thought the nitro arena was a nice touch to it i think that's just something that should be standard in those games like going forward like put the wcw ecw stuff in bro you have a a library of things that they can do uh they need to take advantage of it um yeah i agree brian i think we touched on everything i wanted to hit on for 11 i think i incorporated enough of original biggies questions we talked about the kickout meter uh earlier so that came up before uh Do you want to touch on... Oh, go ahead. Yeah,
2: I got a couple of things uh, that I like to, uh, again, get my shit in, as it were. I'm surprised you didn't mention the movesets.
1: What, for this game? Yeah. They they, they improved Great. Really? I think, I, they, I, I think they got better from 10 10 yo listen I'm telling you Brian 10 pissed me off so bad bro you couldn't have went anywhere so I was like where the hell's all the moves why is the whole cold doing power bombs this is bullshit
2: no I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people who were really pissed at me about the movesets in this game but which I'll get to in a sec so before I get there so in this year's game uh, I redesigned the corner position uh, previous you know prior to this year's game. Um, Attacks in the corner were basically just, you know, it's like a a catch-all of, like, avalanche-type moves, grounded moves. And with this year's game, I split those up. So I added the top rope position where you could lift the opponent onto the top rope to do superplexes. Uh, Like I said, avalanche-style moves. Um, Implemented contextual strikes for when the guy's in the corner. Um, Implemented the ability to put the opponent in the Tree of Woe. Um, We revamped... The the sandwich position where if you Irish whip one opponent in the corner and then throw another opponent in that same corner uh, that you, you could do that in previous games, but it kind of resulted in this kind of comedic Collision, uh, collision. Mm-hmm. And so we revamped that to allow for, again, contextual attacks for when you've got two opponents sandwiched in the same corner This also then led to, as we'll talk about in future games, the implementation of the uh, double finisher OMG um strike combinations made a return in this year's game um thanks to moi uh i designed pin combos pin combos made their uh introduction in this year's game as well as leverage pins um and these i I designed these kind of concurrently and the whole thing with the pin combos was like every you know prior to the pin combos like if you had like a tiger suplex if you did it in a match it just always ended in the pinning motion But what would happen is that when the game was in QA, we would frequently get bug reports about what to do with these moves that have pens attached to them if they're being used in a match where pens aren't a factor into the finish. And we would always have to, you know, figure out some kind of workaround. And I remember with this year's game, I just got tired of seeing that damn fucking bug. So I just asked Dukes, I'm like, hey, look, can we just give players the option to initiate the pen during the course of the move? And that way... We don't have to do these move swaps depending on the matches. And they were like, again, sure. Yeah, we can do that. So that's how pin combos came into into play and leverage pins as well because I basically took out all of the regular pin moves like schoolboys and those type of moves and just converted them into leverage pins. Uh, And they're still in the game to this day. I'm very proud of the pin combos. I love pin combos.
1: Pin pin combos were great. I forgot all about those being in.
2: Yeah, and then a couple of other small things. I don't want to keep everybody too long. but So this was the first year that if you had a um, a title match, the correct title appeared at ringside. Uh, before this game, we used the same belt model for every title that's being defended. So if you had the U.S. titles on the line, if you went to go to ringside to grab a belt to use as a weapon, it was always the World Heavy Heavyweight match. Championship. And before that, the so,
1: European in the old game.
2: yeah so this was the first year where we we put the correct belts in and again it was one of those things where just sitting in an office with you because i asked them if they could do this and they were like yeah shouldn't be a problem um and on that same token talking about titles i said hey you know also just a small thing but would it be possible to put the name of the champion on their nameplate during entrances because prior to this if you came out in an entrance and you were the champion. The nameplate was just empty. It didn't say, it didn't have any name etched on it or anything, and I asked them if they would be possible, and they were like, yeah, B-Song, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can do this, why not? So that's something, that I, like a, a small thing, but I was a stickler for authenticity, and it, w- it, w- it would always drive me crazy to see these entrance, you know, motions where these titles were just, had no names on them, I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, and this was the year that we had MVP. I asked WWE, I put in a request to see if we could get MVP to come in and mocap his, uh, his own motions. So we finally got his, uh, his correct entrance victory taunts and finishers and all the moves that he did. He came in for to a mocap shoot and uh, provided us with all that cool stuff. Thank God. And, uh, and that's it. Oh, and okay, that's not it. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I fucked up the movesets in this game. This was the game. I even got a tweet about it from someone a couple of days ago kind of salty at me about it, and I take the full responsibility for it. Um, and I can go on this long explanation of why I did what I did, but I'll save it. I'll just say, look, I heard you guys, and I miscalculated a great deal, and because of all the feedback that I got from all the fans about how disappointed they were in the movesets, I basically I spent all the remaining years working on the franchise trying to correct that mistake. <laughs> uh so uh I apologize if I pissed anybody off with the changes and the requests that I made for the sets. And uh that's it. That's all. That's it. oh and the match creator was at it this year too. Another create mode that was at it.
1: Mm. Yeah, Match Creator, it was it was still dry, I think a little bit during this time, but it that that was a great thing though, just to add some difference to matches and stuff that you just needed like Switch this up, switch that up. It, yeah. Like I said, to me, this was a this is an underrated game. A lot of people feel that way about it. Uh, Sick asked a question about: Would has anyone ever thought of using Lupe Fiasco's song "Superstar"? It would be a great track to add to the game. I brought up the soundtrack <laughs> "Money" uh, during this time period. Uh, more Luke Gallows theme, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> somebody said, uh, "Who was this?" Prince Rockstar said, "Funny thing about wrestling games is kicking Vince's ass," and he started laughing. Uh, yeah, I can tell you a really funny story. I swear if I could get my boy on, uh, I, I don't even want to say his real name, but I, he got so pissed one time playing No Mercy. He was like, oh, I'm going to just do this quick European title match. And I remember Vince McMahon slapped his ass off the ladder and we laughed so yeah. hard. I never saw someone rage quit so bad. I was like, nah, just let it <laughs> happen, bro and we let Vince pull the title down we wouldn't even let him get to the controller we're like dude somebody hit the a button hurry up so it's safe <laughs> so he can look at this every time remember the foolish decision he tried to make before we left to go out somewhere so uh yeah those are funny moments about beating up Vince yeah uh, yeah he's all he, know, he makes a good a punching bag six said that those were a lot of uh good good additions to the game man that you have brought yeah, that's what that I... you guys added
2: I'm proud of this one I'm proud of it uh 2K21 I'm proud of both of you.
1: 2K21, Brian. We got to address the Justice start a little quick controversy about all this this week. Got people talking. Uh news wrestling media outlets are running with it. Justice Smart, man, he's he's making his channel big with this. So, yeah. um what, what do you, what do you think about them taking a year off and all that if all this is true?
2: Um yeah, I mean, I really I don't know. I, I don't know if I should Well, yeah, I mean, look, if they if it's true and I'm not saying it is, but I know Justin very well. He's a very good friend of mine, and Mr. Leaper is not a liar. Um, he's one of the most stand-up individuals that I know. Um, so that's what I'll say about that, because I know some people were kind of saying that he was like a disgruntled employee and all this, that, and the other. And no, that's not that's not Justin, because um, he he like like myself, like Dan, like he he gives a fuck about the wrestling community. The people that are, you know, forking over their 60 bucks each year for these games that they love. So whatever he's saying, it's coming from a pure place as far as like having the fans back. Um, But that being said, I don't know where he got the information. I don't talk to anybody at at 2K. Um, If he is, then yeah, I mean, it sounds I think I even told you, I mean, it sounds plausible to me. Yeah, um, But I don't know what's going on. But I, if I they think fans do... were
1: speculating this already, though, beforehand. I know Viking Size Gamer put up a video like, guys, this game may be canceled. And people kind of like trashed him for it for a second. But I'm like, no, nah, dude, he's probably right. Like, And then this popped yeah, I mean, up, and it's, it's like, yeah, it's far-fetched. definitely over.
2: Yeah, it's not a far-fetched uh, thing to consider. I mean, especially, I mean, it's, yeah, so I don't know. But, um... shit, what, what was the initial question? Oh, oh, I think they should take a year off. I mean, look, it couldn't hurt. I mean, it can It won't hurt. I mean, it'll hurt WWE, you know. Um, but, but again, even Justin said that you know he was just referring to the uh, the mainline sim console version of the game, and he had mentioned about maybe some other uh, 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 non-sim WWE title. Uh, maybe that'll be enough to offset, you know. I, I mean, whatever money that they will lose with not having, you know, WWE 2K. But I know, look, from a creative standpoint. Uh, taking whatever WB wants or needs out the equation, of course. I mean, I would have killed. We all would have killed to to have given you know in a, a year off to really kind of make the changes and implement the, the sort of things that we'd want to do by having that extra time. So if uh, if that that's the route that 2K is taking, I think it's a smart one. You know, again, just from a a creative, you know, a creative side as someone who's worked on these games. I mean. I look I look at two thousand eleven in particular and I think it's fucking amazing the amount of content that we added, just the physics shit alone in one year's time. Which is not even not even a full three hundred and sixty five days. We're talking pure development, you know, Ukes, they 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 developed that game in eight months. Yeah. You know?
1: That's beast.
2: That's incredible. Imagine imagine an additional year on top for this game, let alone for, you know, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 or any any of these other games. I mean, it'll just only make the games better. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, in theory, at least. <laughs> you got to have the right people working on the games, but in theory.
1: Big facts, big facts. A lot of people are just saying that it's time to go back to the basics, and this is the perfect starting point because they need to change something as far as this yeah. goes. And I and I agree with you guys um, as far as that goes. But we've been going for about two and a half right here, so we'll, oh, we'll end sorry. this one right here. The next one we're going to talk about will be WWE 12 and WWE 13. So we get a name change, and I think we got a lot to talk about as far as marketing and everything else goes with those games. So I look forward to doing that with you, Brian. We'll do that next Tuesday as well. So catch us here at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will be back tomorrow with an AEW Dynamite review. So make sure you guys keep it locked to the podcast if you are listening. And thank you guys so much for the love that has been uh, shared with me during this tough times. So I appreciate everybody who took the time out to listen.
0: We're out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Peace. Peace.
0: Every day pro wrestling, they can never be you. Listen to the podcast for the people. The best show that's here, so listen in. Let the knowledge begin. The opinions, the lesson. Yes. By the fans, uh. For the fans, Not many in this can understand uh.